Hello and welcome to this, the Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast. We're brought to you as always by 121 Media and MGA. Another eight-point weekend for your boys, Timbo. Keep it sharp. It was a good weekend of football, wasn't it, Sean? To be able to get home and then watch the Giants in that last quarter. and I reckon the highlight of the weekend was the look on Matthew Nix's face. And if it wasn't Matthew Nix's look, it was... Not Jesse Motlop's Chris, goal no, first half. Right, not easy, Jack Silvani's dog, performance. Easy, the look dog. on Matthew Nix's face, of course. Chris Fagan's as he realised that uh, they'd lost the handle on the match on Friday night. and We're talking uh, about the Giants. What's going on? I know. I'm just moving around. So oh, no, I'm Very just saying, much so. Just saying, I thought Matthew Nix's face of, oh, my God, they've done it to us again after having done it in round one, I took a lot of enjoyment out of that. But a very good weekend of footy. I wasn't surprised we did what we did in that you always knew that there was a chance and they had a few players out, but um, that was very satisfying to watch. And uh, did you speak to Adam about our meeting? Um, I did message him. He's, um, he's barred you, hasn't he? <laughs> no, I'll never be barred, but... Um, oh. But no, no, he didn't shit-can you at all. He, he said... Um, no, I didn't expect him to shit-can me, but was his recollection <laughs> was his recollection as mine was where we, we didn't, like, I kind of botched the intro, yeah. as well-meaning as it was. He also said he reckoned he didn't give you that much. No, because he was confused. He said, uh, he, he, he gave me a laughing emoji, he said, he caught me off guard, yeah. so I probably didn't give him much. No, uh, completely understandable, <laughs> and I think that we probably both have a part to play in this. So it's good to see that we're. I think I think we're both well adjusted enough to the situation that I probably didn't give the best introduction I possibly could, which meant that then he, he was confused, <laughs> and then it was sort of over before either of us are really re- like reconciled. Ah, we've really balls it up, haven't we? <laughs> A great line from True Lies: "You really screwed the pooch." Screwed the pooch. Um, but there you go. That's good to see. It's good to see that he's at least re- <laughs> remembers the interaction. <laughs> Uh, have you got another instalment of Dada Ganoush or was it a one and done? Buona Saturday, Gutsy. No, it's it's not a one and done. It's just there's not much to go through, but I have some some information that will pop up and no doubt you'll be able to play Scatman John at some there's point. There's a lot of little stats that came out of the weekend that were quite good. So um, we'll see what I have for you. Is, is what I fear... Will happen going to happen that you've done Data Ganoush and people sort of didn't mind it. I thought it got a bit big of a wrap up for my liking. I thought it was okay, but people enjoyed it. And then I'm going to have to kind of pick up the baton, if you will. No, 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 no. I've got, I've got some stats. I've got some stats because I reckon it's going to be like a one of the one of the all time great Saturday Night Live sketches was White Like Me. White like me. Eddie Murphy was dressed up like a white man. He had the makeup done, and it was just a little sketch. And it was, it was just one and done. They didn't do another one. It was just one, and everyone just that's legendary sketch. But there's only one of them. I get the feeling that's what we're staring down the barrel at. Dada Ganoush. Um, oh, Dada Ganoush. It's just a, a natural evolution into the pod. It doesn't. 
It's not something I it's said. It's a segment. There's some expectation that the segment there wasn't, a segment. there wasn't a segment last week. It just, yes, I it just was. kind of went it was into... its own part in the run sheet. It had its own chapter in the All episode. Right. Well, well, well. Hit data Wanoosh. Data Wanoosh. <laughs> there is a, some level of expectation that this reoccurs, <laughs> if not every week, somewhat periodically. Yes. So... But I, I do. That's the one thing I do in preparation for each week is I go through... I go into a game looking at specific things and then... If they translate to stats, I bring them to the show. You've done it once. No, this no, idea I, that I've been doing this ever since we've started the show. No, no, Timber, Timber. Don't tell me to put my desk down, Timber. <laughs> I just want it on the record too, by the way. Fab, how do you reckon Tim Davis's microphone placement's going? He's got it pointing <laughs> at his eyeball. <laughs> Whenever I look at Tim, I can't help it. I've said this before and no one will convince me otherwise. Zach Brown, especially with the headset on. From McLaren. Yeah. He's probably got a bit more going for him than Zach. Zach is a fucking imbecile. Has he fallen ass backwards into... My, my theory on Zach Brown is that he's American money. Yep. Uh, and the idea is McLaren bring this guy in to attract or to help us break into an American market. And somehow... He's, Has that worked? Well, well, somehow he's failed upwards because the team has gone backwards under his watch and yet he's gained more power. That's a good point. So how do you, how do you you know how do you reconcile that? I well, I'm not going to say I agree with you because I don't know enough about it, but it he'd fit right in at um, Ferrari. Zach, yep, because he'd eat a lot of pasta. No, just because he talks a big game doesn't deliver. Seemingly, <laughs> there's no repercussions for this. Ferrari can't win it every year, Sean. They haven't. They haven't you know the haven't last won, time Ferrari? Twenty thirteen. Nope. Eleven. Nope. Seven. Seven. Kimmy? Yep. Didn't Fernando wow. win one? Oh, you should have won one. Should have. Yeah, we, we, we shit the bed. Twice. Vettel yep. should have won one. Shit the bed. Hopeless, for Ferrari. Hopeless. Still the best looking car in the grid. No, I disagree with that. Red Bull's got them covered comfortably. I always find it fascinating with the Red Bull that's like, because they've now been around for sort of nearly 20-odd years, um, and Red Bull had done some sponsorship with like Sauber before that, but like that Red Bull livery now is... Like iconic, yeah. Mm. But how long have they been in it? It's it's nicer. It's, it's, it's like nice, 20, nearly twenty years. It's nicer in the in the navy blue than it was. Initially, started in more the that more royalish blue, kind of like your bills colour. Sort of went. Uh, no, it wasn't that blue. That was on part of the old Sauber, which had a bit of green on it as well. And then they went to a sort of a purpley as well when Ricardo sort of first got the seat. But that classic, I think that had, that had something to do with an infinity. Yes, but that classic matte navy. Is like an iconic livery. It's like yeah. a, and they can't really go away from that now. Whereas Ferrari can kind of tinker. You know, McLaren have just decided even when they went to Honda, they weren't going to do the day glow. And it was like, you idiots. Yeah. Why are Honda stuck or McLaren stuck in this? I know, I know it'll the papaya. be the, the orange is some sort of papaya. That's their color. History. Bruce McLaren. Yeah. I don't give a flying fuck. Well, it that, just looks the, shit. The papaya is tied to. The only thing I do like, McLaren. and most people would say, I hate it. And I wouldn't want to see it on a Ferrari, but the uh, the Google Chrome wheels look. I reckon they look good. The best sponsor integration in world sport is on the Williams, where the top part, the top part of the um, overhead sort of exhaust, is a Duracell battery. Wow, yeah, that looks nice. That's the best integration in world sport. It's just it's very very clever. It's very well done. You know how bad McLaren are going? They can't have. They can't. They don't. They choose not to largely have paint on the car 
So it's just like a lot of the time it's just like exposed carbon fibre because their rationale is they need to save as much weight as they possibly can. So there'll be no paint. There'll be no paint. That's how bad they're going. They can't even swing 80 grams of paint. It's ridiculous. That somebody in that building thinks that's making a difference. Idiots, the lot of them. Um, moving on to Prenda DJ. Last week was Eye of the Tiger, basically part of our ongoing Rocky chat, really. Our first part of the year was Rocky out of sorts and complacent and losing his way after defeat to Club Lang. Um, but the last month has been our post-training with Apollo moment. So... Uh, Edward Schiavone bounced back from his horror Madonna moment to get it, as did uh, Leonard Puglia and Adrian Salerno. So congratulations to those three. Reviews? There are no reviews. We're running a bit dry here. I think we've exhausted all possible avenues for review. Fab is sketching away feverishly looking at stats that I've reposted from Adrian, I believe. No, no, no. On no. Twitter. So I'm, just, I'm, just getting the, I'm just getting these numbers down. I'm you just... better be bringing something more than that to the table. Please. I'm just warning you. Um, so reviews, if you haven't left us a rating or review, please do. You'll get a shout-out on the show if that's what you covet. We'll give it to you. Um, and it just helps the channel, really. Keep growing, keep going, keep moving, uh, which is always what we're interested in doing. So thank you to everyone who has left a review. And please, anyone who hasn't, do it. Ooh. We're going early, Tim. We like to keep you on your toes. Keep me guessing. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. The following quote is attributed to which famous American entrepreneur? Are you ready for the quote, Tim? Give me the quote. The value of our good is not measured by what it does, but by the amount of good it does to the one concerned. The value of our good is not measured by what it does, but by the amount of good it does to the one concerned. Which of the following four American entrepreneurs said that quote? Milton Hershey, of Hershey, of course. Yep. George Eastman, who was the chief pioneer of Kodak. Louis, uh, Louis B. Mayer, who obviously Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, the uh, film house. Yep. Or the Levi. Line. Yes. Or Levi Strauss. He made jeans. <laughs> I'm aware of this. The value of our good is not measured by what it does, but by the amount of good it does to the one concerned. Who said it? <coughs> if I've got a dude that's making chocolate, and I've got a dude that's giving us the means to take a photo and capture a memory, if I've got a dude making movies, who's doing the good concerned and Levi Strauss? I'm ruling out Captain Hershey because I don't think a chocolate bar is doing too much good for anybody concerned. The quote, the quote, it's quite deep. I really enjoy it, actually. <laughs> I like it too. That's but why I picked no, it. No, no, and, and, and I'm moving away from the fella that's making a movie because I just feel like... I feel like it's more a bloke that's selling widgets rather than a big movie and all that sort of stuff. I think the interesting thing too, and you, you, these these people didn't all live in the same time. They, they yeah. overlapped slightly, I think. But they're also too at this burgeoning moment of almost empire. Yeah, absolutely. Where in the late, you know, the mid-1800s, early 1900s, there's, there's a lot happening that we take for granted. Yes. And what they are creating is arguably being created for the first time, isn't it? Without, without a doubt at all. 
I am on the back of everything that I've said, everything that I'm thinking, and and I just I've got a funny feeling there's a little bit of a backstory to it. Do I get a fifty fifty? <laughs> I don't need a 50 50. I'm still going to run with whatever I'm going to run with anyway. Okay, what are you going to. Oh, well, then, case, well, in that case, I think you just go for it. All right, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to lock in B, uh, Mr. Eastman from Kodak. Tim Davis. Chaiwalla. Chaiwalla from Donvale. You've locked in George Eastman, who was the founder of you know, the, the Kodak company. He actually was the man who patented um, rolls of film. Yes. Which led. To filmmaking, cinema. There you go, good point. So Levi Strauss, it was not Levi Strauss. That's good. Yep. I considered him. Louis B. Mayer? It's not Louis B. Mayer. You've locked in B, Tim. What's happened there? I don't know what's happened. Ah! It was Milton Hershey. <laughs> and that's the first one I've ruled out again. That's why How I, happy I, are you? I had to contain my grin. <laughs> um, but... I'm sure you'll like to hear you said there's a backstory. There is a backstory. Well, no, I had a different backstory, though. That's the thing. Well, yeah, the wrong backstory. Yep. But uh, so Milton Hershey, of course, of course, launched the Hershey Chocolate Company in his native Pennsylvania, where the company is still based to this day. The yep. Hershey, Pennsylvania is named after him now. Wow. Um, he initially made his money manufacturing caramel before selling that concern to make mass produced. How would the Americans say caramel, sure? Caramel. <laughs> it's like caramel. It's ca- no, they say caramel. Caramel. Someone said that I was listening to this podcast, and the the person's wife is um, uh, Tamara, as we would say. It's Tamara, but he says Tamara. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. About, it's like Pamela. What about Craig? Yeah, Pamela. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. Craig. Ridiculous. Can't stand it. Daniel Craig. Yeah. What uh, up, Craig? Craigslist. Craig. Where are you getting Craig from? Craig. There's That's no K. E. That's an E. Fat pictures um, need love too, Craig. So he initially made his uh, money <laughs> manufacturing caramel. <laughs> But he sold that concern to make mass-produced chocolate, which to that point in time was actually a luxury good. There we go. So chocolate wasn't readily available, readily affordable. It was a luxury item. And he sort of popularised the mass production and availability of chocolate at a what we now is a very accessible price point. Um, and although married, uh, and he's, he and his wife had no children – um, but they founded a school for orphan boys, an institution which endures to this day, servicing um, young boys and girls. And it's an institution that he left his entire fortune to. I like the boy. So he did a very good job. Uh, George Eastman, who's the other one, who was the one you went for, very credible option, Tim. Yes. Having created the film role, um, obviously that basically bumped out um, the old plates. So the yes. idea is yes. that, like Hershey, popularised and made available and accessible cameras to the mass and record memories and all record that sort memories of stuff. And memories and the like. And, and yet was probably a guy in a business who didn't see their demise come as quickly as it did yes. and lost a hell of a lot of money as well. And it's just mm. they, they've, they've never been able to, uh, what's the word, diversify. Well, this is what happened. So uh, George Eastman's credited with bringing the photographic role into the mainstream. Like Hershey, he made amateur photography accessible to the general public via yep. the creation of the film role, which created the old dry plates and that method of photography – um, and then also once he had done that, he created the um, first Kodak camera, which the film roll would go into. Into. And I think he said you would buy 100 photos, you'd buy 100 shots in your camera and then you would send them back to him. They'd develop them and send you back a new roll of film to then do then more. Do it again. Uh, do it all again. Um, so the first Kodak camera led out of that. Uh, his film roll, like I said, would lead to motion pictures and then later that would lead to Kodachrome and coloured photos. Gotcha. So yep. – very, like, very credible. I would have gone for – if the question was posed to me, yep. 
I would have gone for Kodak. I was really happy with my answer. Yeah. Uh, Louis B. B. Mayer, of course, Metro Goldwyn Mayer, and Levi Strauss, the founder of uh, Levi's, funnily enough, reportedly never ever wore a pair of Levi jeans <laughs> because the idea was they were reserved more for labourers. Workers, yeah. And business people like him would just wear suits. So Levi Strauss reportedly never wore a pair of Levi's. And yet one of the great fashion statements of the, what, 20th century. Oh, even, yeah, but a little bit before that, yeah. Mm. 19th yeah. century even. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to that, Fabian? No, that's very interesting. Thank you. It's got a state. You've done well there, mate. Oh, I, I like that question. Yeah. I thought that Don't was one of our best questions today. We should have got it right. <laughs> well, see, what yeah, I well, like... You, you know, Sean was always going to bring something with a bit of a, a zing. Yeah. Given that your performance last week, where you've nailed it. Yeah, he said, we'll have none of that. That, that would have irritated him to <laughs> no end. Because the whole aim of this is to get Tim to... Basically do what he just did. Yeah. Do you know what the funny thing is? And, I'll, and get be it wrong. Doing, I'll be doing stuff now... And I actually write little notes in my phone because I'll, I'll see something and I'll go, it's the sort of thing Sean and ask a question about. <laughs> well, see, the reason I like this question is you look at it and you're kind of going, like we said, where it's date marked as all these people were making these things. Probably the only one I would have, if the question was asked of me, the only one I would have dismissed completely out of hand was Levi. Yeah. I would have just said no. We would have gone movies, entertainment, you know, telling stories. Yeah, maybe. Obviously, cameras capturing moments, capturing memories. Yeah, you go chocolate. Yeah, okay. But I thought it was interesting that you could sort of credibly go one of a couple of ways. But I, I completely understand why you went for uh, Kodak. Thank That's you, why Sean. it was put in there as somewhat of a red herring. There we go. Onto the football now. We're going to go into the overview of what occurred on Saturday afternoon. So, four in a row against a couple of strugglers in uh, Hawthorne and the Gold Coast. A team that's sliding fast in the Fremantle Dockers. Their season, end of the season can't come quickly enough for them. They, they had a little bit of a run in the middle there where they looked like they were hitting upwards. But, wow, they've hit the skids like you wouldn't believe. And then the last one against a very good team in very good form who, fair being fair, we need to acknowledge, weren't quite themselves for reasons of their own doing. We'll touch on that later. What does it all mean, ultimately? Four in a row... From the cusp of calamity to the lip of the eight, what do we make of it? Well, we, as you said, we've played against 13th, 15th, 16th. Um, we've taken care of business. We've done what most people expected we should do, but we did it in a good way. Mm -hmm. So the method that we had displayed, every Carlton supporter probably thought, recapture that against anybody and, and you can get a result. And, and a Port Adelaide who were weakened, how much, you know, again, remains to be seen. And I, the only thing I've got to say is the Kane Corns tweet during the week where he's basically said, or, or what he said on, on, on his show was, Carlton have to win. Well, he was insulating himself, the he Port was, Adelaide fan. He was, exactly right. And we, which just annoyed the shit out of me because it's like, we can play one of our best games of the season, which we did. Mm -hmm. And he's basically said, I reserve the right to give you zero kudos as to what you've done. What he said was right, though. Mm. What he said was right, again. And we all got the note here later, Tim. If we were sitting here after a two or a three-goal win, you'd be happy to get the points. But yeah. you'd be sort of going, that's unders. And, mm. and I think that was what was most meritorious about the performance. We, <clears throat> we came to play as we had wanted to do. We were probably inaccurate early. We probably didn't capture as many of our chances as we could. We nor, went, nor did they. 
No, no, this is it. they missed a few at the wrong time, but we went in with a goal lead, but it felt like we'd been better. And then obviously we fired up at the start of the second quarter. And, and then their last 10 minutes in the second quarter, they very much steadied and very much got the game in their control. And again, probably missed a couple that they shouldn't have, mm-hmm. had acquitted themselves well, but our second half just went from strength to strength to strength, and it it, it was a it was a very very good performance. So Fab, I was absolutely wrapped with how we played on Saturday, and the main reason for that was because it was us. Yeah. yeah. Plain and simple, what we saw on Saturday was Carlton playing to its strengths, moving the ball fast, taking ground, being a little bit risky, using the crowd. Yes. It was everything that we and large sections of the Carlton community had been crying out for. Absolutely, and what I've liked is. It was an identical, not an identical performance, but it was the way we approached this game mirrored what we had done the previous three weeks. So it's regardless of opposition, this is what we need to do. The level of intensity, the level Absolutely. of application. Absolutely, and, and I'll touch on intensity after because there's been a clear, there's been a clear spike in our not only our, our attitude but our application, our, our our willingness to hunt the football and commit and players going when it's their time to go go in support and then get out spread work hard so it was it was good to see and and I agree with you wholeheartedly a two week goal win and we sit here going obviously take the four points but a 50 goal winning margin and 50, cri- goal. 50 goals 300 points Sean. a 50 point margin <laughs> a blitzkrieg and we had an opportunity <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke in the it, third, Kane. In the third quarter, Cripper <laughs> runs in, has a shot from about 45. It would have put us about 50-something points up. The crowd would have gone bananas. But they kicked the next three out of the next four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you wonder why Sean's never sick in the winter, it's because I supply him with vitamin C supplements. Up the wazoo. I take them uh, anally as well. <laughs> Like the Panadine foot. Whatever blows your hair back, but It absorbs quicker right in. So can you help me put this in, Tim? The there's, back passage. <laughs> there's an old saying, you can only beat who's in front of you. This is true. Now, whilst they weren't peak, they were a significant upgrade on Fremantle, uh, Hawthorne and the Gold Coast. When when so the ball would go inside 50. We shouldn't, we shouldn't dismiss the manner in which we won. Yeah. When, when you watched them play... A five-goal win against that side would have been good. The method was yeah. important. A, ten, yep. an, a near on 10-goal win is the, the, the method is what yeah. we need to take out of it. When, when the ball goes inside, they're inside 50 and we don't kill it immediately and it gets to the ground, it's heart-in-mouth stuff. Like They have so much ability and so much talent and they, their midfield would flood, would flow forward and they'd get, on, they'd get front and centre. Their ability to be able to use the ball and open up opportunities, they're, they're just really, really good at that. Cause they're, they're, they're very... You got a good appreciation of it live. They're skilled, They're, very skilled, and yeah. and that's the thing that we we sort of said going into it was, this isn't a team that is having success out of having huge volumes of football. They're super mm. efficient. I brought that to the pod you, last you week. Did. That's exactly that's where I heard. I said it. we'll have the ball. We'll have our <laughs> yeah, opportunities we'll to have it because they don't actually it. have no. If you look at the numbers, they're like eighteenth. I think it was. I was waiting for it. Well, your prelude to the game was bang on. Yep. Well done. 
Well done. And I also had a note. I don't think I, I raised it because I don't know, just organically never came up. But the way we handled my my fear was Aaliyah because they they do he not only kills a lot of opposition forward play, he sets up yeah, but their way, but not when he has an opponent. Hold, but we losing Harry was the opportunity. Was the opportunity to go? Aha. Uh-huh. I'm not going to have an opponent now. Yeah, but what? And the fact that – and this <laughs> but, is not just Charlie but, taking but it what on happened? himself. Tell me what happened in the game. What did, what did Port Adelaide learn? What did they learn? What they, they learned one one major thing on Saturday, as did I. Don't let Aaliyah, Aaliyah get sucked up the ground. No, Tom Jonas can't play anymore. Yeah, no, he's cool. He, he is done. And I really like Thomas Jonas, now, but he's no in, good. In Tommy Jonas's defence – First up, hit out after – how long has he been out for? Eight. Oh, he's been yeah. playing. No, no, but he's not been playing at AFL. No. Yeah, but he's been pace. playing. So it's first up. If he does – if he backs that up. The other one that you're, you're, you're being – you haven't mentioned you're being kind to. We don't want to turn this into the uh, the pair podcast. But um, there's another guy running around for Port Adelaide who has been an absolute champion. That is – I think he's – Trav. I think he's pretty close. Trav yeah. looked a bit heavy. I think he's, oh, he's been a fantastic, and he'll, and he'll still have moments this year where he's really effective and, yeah. and really clean in a in a good in a, an important moment, and can provide a bit of leadership and the like. But when we got rolling, he was absent. is Trav Boak, Patrick a- Patrick Ewing like in in the manner in which he perspires. He seems wet coming out of the change room. He's not Pat Rafter like, but he's <laughs> Patty Rafter. Kelly always said Patty Rafter looks smelly. He just has that. No, nah, it's just all water. He just, he just picked just the wrong flows. game, didn't he? Like, tennis is a summer game. Like, yeah. he's not getting any cool climates. He's going around the world. He's chasing the sun. Do you recall Brendan Fraser in uh, – or Fraser? Bedazzled. In Bedazzled. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when he was the basketballer. Yeah. He, he was really dumb. Yeah. yeah. He was like eight foot something. You have 110%. Playing for the Diablos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was very good. And he had to have the, uh, the, the devil's phone number, which was just 666. He had it on all these sticky notes everywhere. I like it. And even that, when he hit, remember he was like, he stuffed it up. Yeah, like, oh, oh, what is it? Eight, <laughs> eight, nine, eight, nine, eight. nine, nine, nine. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, he turns it upside yeah. down. He's got the post-it note. Yeah. The, oh, my favourite part of that. Fun f- movie. I like that movie. My favourite part of that film is when he's the Colombian drug lord and he can speak fluent Spanish. Yeah. And then he, but the, oh, my God, I'm a Colombian drug lord. He's all this. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mind it. Yeah. I haven't watched it for a very, very, very long time, but I didn't mind it. I think I watched it in lockdown. Okay. There good. You go. It would have been a good lockdown movie. Very good. Good, frivolous lockdown movie. So my thing watching us on the weekend as well, having seen us play this way for the last few weeks, was why did it take us so long to get to this point? Why did we let things get so dire before pursuing this style of football? And, you know, that old cliche, someone said it at me today on Twitter, you know, it's not as bad as it seems, it's not as good as it seems. It was fucking bad. Mm, yeah. like, the, there are still a portion of our supporter base that – don't want to admit it that it is there is a drastic change in the way we play football in the last month to what we were doing. And oh. to think and And look, the question is the catalyst. Look, Voss is on my good list. He's in my good books at the moment. Yeah. But even to say like he mentioned in his press conference the oh, the fact that we took opportunities and Port Adelaide didn't and he kind of inferred to remember going back if we took our opportunities and blah yeah, blah. Yeah, because he's trying. He, this is my my watch he on Voss. He is reinventing you know history. It, yeah, it, this is my watch on Voss. This idea that we went eight eight losses from nine. The only win was against the West Coast. We went through a spell where we were kicking six goals, seven goals, six goals. Yeah, it was 
disgusting. Yeah. So whether they've had the chat with him, whether he's had the awakening, the Gordon Bombay moment as we were laughing about, that's great, but he needed to have it mm-hmm. because if it kept going the way it was, he needed to go. I think multiple parties have... So whatever was the catalyst for freeing him up just at the moment, and even then... I think the, t- I think the talk was had. Not, think was not, had. Only, not only from coach to playing group, I think... Directly to no no, or and that, but I think to the coach himself. I think they they were the chat about this is becoming hard. That's it. This is becoming difficult to defend. Yeah, and that needed to happen. It Mm, needed to happen because it had gotten to the point where, uh, and I don't want to jump too far ahead here, but like our coaching panel, through their planning and pig-headedness, had made the two hours between the first and final sirens of a Saturday interminable. Mm. They had made it. Agony to watch this team go out and play. Well, as you say, you watched it and you thought, we have, we can't win. Yep. The way we are playing, we cannot win. And when that's arguably your sole reason for existing, what's the fucking point? I mentioned this about six weeks ago, and this is not a specific stat, so don't worry about playing a bit. <laughs> but it was an observation that, and I haven't recorded... He doesn't like being told what to do, you know that, don't you? No. <laughs> But I, 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 I put the question to you boys, why do we always exit at the back of stoppage? It's always you get it out, out dock coming off the back of the square and it's kind of like we're on the back foot already. Well, it gives you time is, yeah. the, is the answer to the question. But you know what the other thing is? No one's playing that way because it's not effective and it doesn't work. Doesn't work. Now, on the weekend, Everyone's how many times forward handball. did we exit at the back? Not Especially from centre bounce, not, not a lot. lot. Like so, I can't recall in that slump – us exiting out the front and having a quick entry inside 50. Philosophically, our coaches had gotten things so badly wrong that to see them get it right over the last five weeks it is, is encouraging. We need to now do that against better credentialed opponents. Which we did. And confidence is going to help. Confidence helps. But this idea that, like you touched on, that, um, you know, we're not playing – oh, it's just execution. It's just a bit of tidied up of execution. It's not. You used your town of voice just then. Because that's sort of bogan <laughs> – just crapping on them, trying to justify their blind support of the coach. Yeah. Who, I'm going to be brutally honest, there's still a watch on. Well, as you say – We lost six in a row. Yeah. What we've seen over the past four or five weeks is what we were preaching all along. Yeah. It's not the playing group. It, it, it would be fascinating to know – what was how, – how did the epiphany come about? Well, chat. Someone's spoken and no, no, what the chat was but was fascinating. Say, and, and we will never know. But but I agree. It, it is fascinating to know what were the what were the pennies that needed to drop to be able to make the change that needed to be made and who championed it, who who moved the motion, who things – how did things get going? There's, there's a piece in the media this week. You've probably read it, but it was basically – um, the players, whether it was all 45 of them or, yeah, or a select few, they went down to Ed Kerno's farm and they, and they slept rough for the night in swags and all that sort of stuff. And they obviously just had... Five of the group came back with pneumonia. <laughs> but but obviously they've just said, what do we want to be? How do we want to play? What's working? What's, what, what's not working? And what do we put in place? Whether that was the homework set by Vossi and, and, and it's all him, and, and I don't know You know what I speculate came out of that? Tell me. 
I think the leaders and Ed Kernow potentially, but the leaders have, have championing championed that and they've gone away on that bye weekend it must have been. And they've gone down and just had a had a bond you know, building session or whatever they want to call it. I wouldn't be surprised if supportively the players were then given the remit by one of the leaders, sorry, were then given the remit by the rest of the playing group. You need to have a chat. Yeah. About how we're playing how you're instructing us to play, how it's limiting it, limiting us, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You almost need to represent the playing group. This is us speculating. We're not saying this happened. But it feels as though that conversation has had to have happened. Well, and I think the biggest thing and one of the comments in the piece was we were focusing on what we didn't want to do. We weren't focusing on what we wanted to do. And so it was just a – so I think – You're playing and, anti-football. Well, you had long said um, – we would we had um, over what's the word over corrected corrected defensively, and you know we we would always be able to say oh we don't want to kick it to Darcy more we you know whoever it happens to be the way that we're setting up, and by not wanting to kick it to certain places we were just we were slow we'd kick short we'd retain the ball but it didn't mean that we were scoring and that look how good did that look on the statue fucking atrocious. No, no, it looked amazing. No, no, oh, no, 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 sorry. To watch on the ground, yeah, yeah. it looked atrocious because you weren't getting sheet. anywhere. But as you say, you'd, you'd, you'd rack up a few numbers and go, wow, we so look at how we're going. Our, you, our efficiency has increased because we're not taking a risk. You touch on it, Tim, and it's spot on. But the, the idea that, um, that that chat's been had, who's instigated it, what was the nature of it, I think it would have been someone coming in um, with a smile. I don't think it would have been a threatening conversation as such. I don't think – was it – Bolts got the infamous – was it Triggy got the infamous the wins and losses are starting to matter? Or was yeah. Little the wins and losses are starting to matter? Yeah. I don't think it would have been as curt as that. Yeah. But it would have been, I think, an invitation to – you probably need to What was the unwind. Gold Coast game with Bolton? We'd lost a game up there and the look on his face that just – It was early in the year. That was when this, the late in the game they won it with seconds left. The yeah. ball quick snap out of the pack went over Plowman. Oh, no one was on the line. And it's yeah. – yeah, that was sort of devastation because that was going to be a bit of a circuit breaker. Yeah. So for us, yep, yeah, we've touched on it here. I think the chat was had to just uncoil things a bit. Yeah. And you know what, mate? If we go down by four or five goals but we've kicked 14 goals it, – It's more acceptable It's a bit more acceptable than what we're doing at the moment. Than getting done by a team that's kicked 10 but you've only been able to kick six. Yeah, 100%. So – Ultimately, all of that I thought had really affected every pore of the footy club, every nook and can- uh, cranny of the joint. And, you know, our football had become a struggle to watch and to play. So over the last month, it's been a lot better. We it's mentioned been amazing that. to watch, to be honest. So well, this is this can, can lead into my my bit of my bit of data. Yo, I'm a scab man. <laughs> he doesn't need We're an invitation. <laughs> ah. That's the best one, that one. The... What what was infuriating, and this is even in the in the first three wins that we had, is our inability to, to lock the ball inside forward fifty. And I don't know whether that was it's the David Finney effect. A I don't understand that. A, no, it was when I was with David Finney at the Melbourne game when we were keeping it inside fifty. I still don't get it. Still don't get it. Oh, <laughs> Shout out to Dave Finney, um, listener. Yes. Usually you, you give us anecdotes. Yeah, of, usually you give us more or less there. 
David Finney, of course, born in 1973, graduated from Surrey Hills College, yeah. 1991. <laughs> He's go, and okay. and ends with a not a listener. <laughs> yeah, it gives us this incredible <laughs> rundown of his life. Good luck, not a listener. He recently <laughs> promoted yeah. to the position of associate director, of course. Uh, if anyone uh, out there knows, you're going, yeah. okay. <laughs> wonderful to know. So our, our method of ball movement tended to allow defences to get back. Yeah. But it also hindered us and our ability to apply forward fresh, uh, fresher pressure. Now, I had a look at our inside 50 tackles for last season. Give it to me. All right. We were averaging about 11 and a half yes. a game in 2022. That had dropped to 9.8 this year. So far this season. Which includes the data set of the last four weeks. So that's. I'm a scat man. <laughs> So taking from that, so we were hovering around the eight and a half prior, mark prior yep. to that, all right, and probably lower in that block of six weeks. In the last four weeks, we've gone 11, 12, 18. Now, anyone who – it was visible against Fremantle, that especially in the first quarter, it was manic. Yeah, it was. Our forward, right, 18 inside 50 tackles and 11 on the weekend. That bumps up the average by oh, one. All right. So in like across the season, it does. So an average of thirteen, as opposed to a season average of nine, in the last month. It's a stark. But you can see it. We're hunting oh, the ball. In. Now it's because, and they're the tackles that you make. You can be putting pressure on and not quite nailing a tackle, but um, you're taking time away from the guys yep. with the ball because that's your intent. I had a look at the one percenters, but I think Luffy and the and the boys are a bit all over the place with that because it didn't really show. It, it didn't much. support your argument. <laughs> no, well, it kind of. Well, it's, it's always about the eye test and the data backs. It, it was up. It, the one percenters are, are pretty much even through every game of the year. Yeah. Which if you can't <laughs> see it, the data doesn't matter. So if, if you see it and the data franks it, then I think it's real. So getting the ball in quick means you're able to apply pressure, but they're not having two or three blokes spare behind the ball to outlet handball. To you know what else is helping this enormously? Our launch zone is so much better, which means that the ball goes in deeper, deeper. which means that because they can't... Because we're 30 metres ahead of the stoppage. When, you, when we go out the back of the stoppage, we're taking no, negative 30 metres right. And what it leads to, it just means that, say we're the defensive unit, we're three on three with our direct opponents down, and going, if you're the closer you are to goal, going, well, the closer the cliff edge is. Correct. And you can't just happily mm. freewheel out the I'd back. Like you've got it. 25 metres to wax, and when you've got 10 metres... Far be it for me to crack the shits over the performance on the weekend, but... A decent defence, our penetration was probably five metres a bit too long. It was – Port Adelaide should have conceded a lot more behinds. I don't know. I don't – maybe overconfidence or whatever. Or that's just the way they play. And Weeders does it a bit too. Like we conceded the first goal through Weeders. It should, should never have happened. He tried to take a one-handed Wasn't mark. Wasn't the ball over the line anyway? No. They oh, showed the Dad, vision. Dad said he saw a, re- a replay and it was over. They the showed a replay. It's, you it's didn't all behind see the post. Any of the ball yeah. behind the post Are you talking about at, at the ground? No, no. I won the replay. No, on the replay. Okay. Well, Dad said he saw a replay. And it was over the line. Yeah. Okay. So, I reckon it might have been over the line. What what I actually think is the case. I think the ball would have been over the line, but it wouldn't have been beyond the fat side of the post, and therefore they would not give it a behind. But my point is, launching to the top of the goal square. Gives you that better opportunity, but if we're a little bit too deep, 
we're in that spoil zone as it's well. Five meters in front of the front yeah. of the square is, yeah. is the hot spot. And we were kind of on the square, yeah. and a Matty Cruiser would have feasted. I saw Matty Cruiser today at uh, Coles. I saw Chris shopping. I saw town. Chris Judd today walk past me on Little Burke Street. I saw Pete Molinas today. <laughs> <laughs> so Matty Cruiser, you know when you you walked into Coles, yeah. at uh, Shopping Town, and. Um, there's that moment of like you sit as a scanning, you know, like because it's not my coal, so I'm sort of like, where is where I need to go? Trying to get your Does bearings. Does that irritate you? There's not a you've spoken about this in the past. It's a bit frustrating of layout. I get that they're sometimes hamstrung by the actual available space, and yeah, that but they're will typically dictate, a box. But yeah, but yeah. that will dictate you know where they can put things. Yeah. But anyway, I walk in. I'm trying to get my bearings. Like, where's the section I need? And I've sort of scanned, scanned. And you know, you see someone, you're like, he's fucking tall. He's like head and shoulders above the rest of the people. He's fucking pretty tall bloke. And he kind of side profiled Matty Cruiser. I mean, that's Cruz. Oh, hold on. Could I do a Tim? Yes. Oh, speaking to Jay, um, that was my Tim. Um, speaking, speaking to Jay. Were you speaking to Jay? On the weekend, yes. Fabian sat in my reserve I, seat. I was on Sean Watch too. You give no emotion after goals. Because yeah, you know what happened? Do you, so where is he sitting relative to my seat? He's Five over. four rows over. Sorry, for aisles. Uh, two, two, two banks over. Okay. I'd be more than that, I reckon. No, 32 and 34. You're two banks away from each other. Yeah, really? Tim, you, have you from, moved, you've moved more then. No. no I've, never, I've never seen you at the footy. No, you've moved then. You've moved. I reckon you've moved. Your seat's moved. Same seat I won the car in, mate. So, uh, well, can I, can you, I, I thought you used to be further around. So, I'm sitting there with Jay, and we're in the, in the warm-up. Cruz is taking some ruck contests with TDK, just – Give him a bit of a warm up, and Jay and I looked at each other and said, hey, "Still Chris, our best ruckman. Still the best ruckman at the club." You say this every second week because he is. <laughs> God damn it! But whilst we're talking about this, I'm on Sean Watch. So just how good is how good of a bike is Jay? Jay's a champ. Uh, Jay's is, a champion. He is an absolute star. And Ethan, Ethan, unfortunately had basketball conflict. Oh, conflict. Okay. So he's missed a fifty point. Oh shit! Um, That's why you can't have any hobbies during football season. But Jay's Jay's daughter took oh, Ethan's awesome. spot. And she said to but us, "She's a dog supporter." Isn't she's she? a dog supporter. Um, she's seen a flag. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she said to us at the start of the game when we're running, "Where's the fire?" And Jay goes, yeah, "No, we don't have fire." <laughs> she was like genuinely disappointed. Dogs have fire. They must have fire. They must have the flames. Yeah. Okay. It's a waste of money. So, um, but I was on Sean Watch. I'm thinking, I'm gonna on. And was Mick there? Jay's dad? Yeah, Mick was there. You got to get to this fucking story line. eventually, yeah, <laughs> So Sean looks like he, he sits next to this bloody – it looks like an Orthodox Greek priest from afar, right? <laughs> Sean reckons it's a fisherman hat. It's a fisherman's, like there's a fisherman a bucket hat. There's a lot of bejeweled, bedazzled – Yeah, there is member pins. Okay, ah. but from afar they look – He said – he said he asked why text, is he wearing a medieval crown? <laughs> That's what he looked <laughs> I love that you get so entertained. But every footy. time we kicked the goal, everyone was went up and I went and panned to my left – and Sean just into the phone. So you you, you you never out of your seat excited on the weekend. Which He's got an empire to tend to. So um, speaking of empire, I got a text from my dad. He goes, I don't think the empire likes us very much. I think he meant the umpires. All right. But, um, <laughs> it's time for Ray to give it away. So, uh, yeah, but focus seems to be the wrong what spot. I did, given I was in your seat, had the opportunity. I entered every possible competition, tossing of the coin, everything else. I thought, while I'm sitting in the lucky seat, I might as well. How'd you go? Oh, I'd go tails never fails and it was ahead. So straight away I lost the first one. 
What about this bloke sent the message? It was like I walk in, and he sends the message. You here? Just no context. You here? And I said, "Yep." And he goes, "Whereabouts are you?" And I said, "Oh, you know, thirty-four. So, the, I, what I, are you I, doing with this information? Looking and at he, you. He didn't, and then he didn't give it. Didn't give anything back after that. Oh, oh one thing I gave because. And then he said, "I got pretty good eyesight, but I wasn't paying attention to the bench." And Jay goes, "Jay's like lasered in on the bench. It's like." Paddy Dow's got the top off. We're making the sub. He's always been good at that, Jay. So I, I texted Sean like straight what away. What the fuck are you talking about? What, just seeing? He's always been good at seeing. No, no, but he's always watching the movement on the bench and players yeah. that are getting Tim, ready to come I on. I tweeted and that got the gear before off. Fab even gave me the message. So I said, so and it was pretty early. Like I just saw Paddy Dow just coming off the back row, taking his top off. So I texted Sean. Tweet was already up. Uh, sub's been made. Harry's, Harry's out. And I don't know what you applied. No shit, Sherlock. Or tweet was already up. So I'm going to find this. We're going to we're going to find when you sent it to me. So um, um, so 4:58 p.m. Sub sub's been made. Harry's gone. Bearing in mind, I'm at the venue. Yeah, yeah, but it, it hadn't I been do, announced. And I, and I do have eyes. Well, well, I was in the unfortunate situation of having coached basketball basketball immediately before. It was a 3:10 game. So by the time we were done, it was four. I had to drive into the city. I had to park the car. I had to walk to the ground. I had a live Gold Coast multi on that I was trying to listen to see if Noah Anderson got his 25th possession, which he did. Got us over the line. Very happy. Then switched over to the Carlton game. We were in by 30 seconds. Listened to the footy as I was walking around to gate nine. And between switching off the radio, walking in, getting to my seat, Harry did his name. I had no idea that any of this had happened, wasn't listening to any. It hadn't happened while I was listening to the radio telecast. By the time I sat down, I'd gotten your tweet. Technically, Tim, it's a broadcast, a telecast. And assumes would, would be vision. Vision, yeah. I'd take your point. So in the end... It was very innocuous, wasn't it? Well, that, and look, obviously the news has come through. He, he won't play anymore in the home and away season, but if we make finals, he might play. So it's a great test for depth and... Structure and because that's what we want, you know, leading into yeah, a September campaign. Yeah, we, we want to test no, depth. No room for error. Yeah, it's at a wonderful all. outcome to it's, lose. But it's the one thing the Carlton Football Club hasn't had to endure is a test of depth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll move on now. The next segment we've got here is take what you're given. It's a little bit more of it. We'll go back to Port Adelaide just briefly, but have a broader conversation about the implications of the opportunity that the Port Adelaide Power gave us on Saturday afternoon. So we've gotten ourselves back on track. We've had a fairly kind run of fixtures with which to do so and navigated them well. Um, but on Saturday, fair being fair, I don't want to piss on your – what was this? Piss on your sandwich. Sandwiches. Yep. Um, out to old mate uh, Michael Hendrickson. Our Danish friend. Yes. It was Danish, was it? Uh, yes. Oh, fucking Scandies. They're all the same. Don't, uh, um, don't do it to him. You know, one of my favourite um, – you know that, um, that genre of like crime thriller, you know, Scandi Noir is what they call it. Scandi Noir. Scandi Noir, or those like Scandinavian sort of. Like Girl with a Dragon. Girl with a Dragon tattoo, tattoo whatever. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. And it became this sort of. Very popular in Eastern Europe. Scandi Noir? No. Girl with the Dragon tattoo. Terrible. Um, <laughs> you know what the, the number one movie in uh, Serbia is? Tell me. Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> how, to, how to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> I also love the Bruce Lee classic Enter the Dragon. <laughs> What about Drudge and Hart? 
You can go on forever. Yeah. Darajan, the Bruce Lee story. Did um, old mate uh, Goz get to you, get back to you this morning with any uh, oh, Novak? Jeez, Goz is in the motherland. He is in Serbia. Yeah, so, so he didn't touch base with quite, you guys about quite there this week about yeah. old mate Carlos escape from Alcatraz. <laughs> the I guarantee you, th- you think that's brilliant. The you es- thought it was better than me. You laughed. This escape from Alcatraz. Line. The Birdman. He hasn't touched base. No, He's usually no. very hot on the text, I believe. I've not heard from Goz. When Novak manages to win. Jeez, I'll tell you what, he'd be... Like, if, if Alcaraz has already learnt how to win on grass... Well, he beat him two, fucking three weeks ago at the French, didn't he? Has he been there too? Well, I thought Novak might have beaten him at the French. Yeah, which is interesting because you always sort of thought Alcaraz was more likely to win a hard court or clay... But the fact that he's worked it out on grass already. Is he is he twenty one yet? Twenty. He's twenty. I mean Novak's thirty six now. That snuck up on me. You've got to move these blokes around. That's what Serena's undoing was. You've got to move them around the court. They are champions of the game, but yep. they are not spring chickens. They no, don't right. want to move they don't best of five set tennis, you've got to win seven matches in two weeks. Yep. Move them around. Make it attritional. Yep. Make it physical. And it sounds really weird. You need to do it as early as you can as well. It's that classic money ball. Well, you might not be the guy that gets him. But somebody else will. But you've given him a four-hour match and then he has to back up and then he gets another four-setter and then it just becomes, oh, fucking the body, whatever. But that was good. I was really pleased to see Alcaraz win. That was great. So did I. Um, What did you interrupt me? I was saying something important. You get what you get and you don't get upset, something like that. Sort of. Take what you're given was the caption. But on Saturday, Port Adelaide gave us – what effectively amounted to a half volley outside off stump. If you're good enough, you'll dispatch this. If you are worth your salt, you will send this to the boundary and four runs, no questions asked. Would we be good enough to do that? Port Adelaide are clearly looking at them what's ahead and I think they're two games inside the two. Yeah. They only need to finish in the two to get the home finals, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So they've got Collingwood next week and they probably figure, well, if we beat Collingwood, we're back to square. And, and we've rested Dixon and Horn Francis. Yep. And, and we're playing at home and we should back And we're playing at home. A nice little opportunity for us to reset a few blokes for the final five weeks of the home and away season, blah, 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 blah. Carlton, you, you're just the lucky – you're just the beneficiary of us doing this on this weekend. Yep. Are you good enough to take toll? Yep. So we had to be and fortunately we were. But the fact is this was not the Port Adelaide who had won four, uh, 13 in a row. So with that, and I'll say this as many times as we need to, I love watching us win. It's absolutely fantastic that we won the game. It's even better that we played some good football to win the game. We had to get the job done. We got the job done. But on Saturday, we kind of touched on it earlier, Timbo. How important was it to not fall in unconvincingly, to maybe get headed and then come from behind? And, you know, we've shown a bit of pluck, but, geez, they had our measure for – half the game and we've just come over the top of them a little bit. Um, all things considered, to win the game compellingly, to get some really good form into some boys that needed it, that's, I think, the most pleasing part. Without a doubt. And and it was it, – it was – it proved that there is an argument that we belong because, as you said, falling in was not enough um, and, and all the elements of our game was there. We – We've defended well all season. That was especially good. They they were rendered impotent forward. And again, it only seemed to be ground ball um, or a free kick from Razor that would tend to give them an opportunity. Um, but 
we we played four quarters of of maintaining the intensity throughout. The the discernible change in the way that we've played is obvious. We're sustaining it for longer. We're in the game the whole time. And as we've long said, th- this was a side that didn't look like they were enjoying playing footy. And I think I think they've been they've been nourished and sated by the way we've played. And they've turned around. And they said, "Let's go again." Let's go again. Let's all get, all become a part of it. And I reckon most players could absolutely put their hand up and say, I played a genuine role and contribution in the way that we played this week, which is just thrilling as a supporter to see. There was a period during the game, I don't know if it was the second quarter, where Razor seemed like he had Ollie Lord as an anytime goal kicker. <laughs> like it sounds ridiculous, yeah. but my God. The one where the just... Brody Kemp got called for a hold on him, and and Lord had his head around his neck, and Brody kind of fell backwards, and then he's gone. Yeah, that's a hold, and you've gone. Oh, good, Brody, take a kick. And no, it was the other way. He pointed the other way, and, and and like we don't see behind. And maybe as he fell, he grabbed his jumper, and that's what he's. Yeah, and it, it, may, been, it may have been a really easy free kick after to he'd pay. been coat hangered. Co- well, he'd been coat hangered first. Absolutely, like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So we've spoken in the past, Fab, about you know the. Um, it's quite a good movie, but it's sort of 15-odd years old now. I'm pretty sure we've talked about The Fighter in the past. And there was that great little through line. That's the one with the very skinny... Christian Bale. Yeah, quite an Academy yeah. Award for playing Dickie Eklund, who was obviously um, the fighter, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I don't well, know what his, his name brother, was. Wasn't it? Is this the one where the sugar, the sugar Ray thing? The Sugar Ray thing. Yeah. So Dickie Eklund in real life fought, I think it was his quite early in Sugar Ray's career, his 12th or 13th fight. And Sugar Ray obviously ends up becoming one of the greatest of all time, pound for pound, particularly in, in his division. Um, they fought Sugar Ray, uh, Leonard, of course, beat him on points unanimously. But Dickie had dined out for years on this, I knocked him down. And the story was, no, he slipped. Like he was going back and he's moving back and he slipped. And this idea was Dickie had dined out on this, I knocked Sugar Ray down, I knocked him down. And I thought in the aftermath and people really enjoying the win, it's fantastic. Pumped the brakes a little bit. We went toe-to-toe with a good team. We got the better of them on the day. If we play them again this year, Saturday will mean absolutely nothing. Yes. So you are going to piss on some chips. But this is the reality, Fab. This idea that, oh, we've taken out Port Adelaide 13 wins in a row, you're going, nah, not really though. And people are going to hate, oh, you're no, cynical. No, there's, oh, an, there's an asterisk like, on the win, no, no like, doubt. We did what we had to do and we did it well and that is fantastic. But at the same time... It's the Sugar Ray, Dickie Eklund thing. Well, Sugar Ray ended up kicking on and becoming the all-time great and can grin and bear this story about how this guy knocked him down. It's like, no, you didn't really, though, did you? But I think the practicality of it is Carlton supporters walk away not saying we got Port Adelaide. We walk away and said we played good football. And, and I think that is irrefutable. You, If you played exactly the same way against Port Adelaide at their best, would it guarantee you victory? Not necessarily, but that style of football against most other teams, you're going to be in the contest for a bloody long time and we couldn't have said the same thing about the Carlton that lost eight of nine in a row. And the point I'm making, Tori, Tim, is just to the Carlton community, anyone listening, it's like just don't don't be Dickie Eklund. Don't be Dickie Eklund. But like, don't, don't, don't be a Dickie e- Oh, yeah, I get, I get <laughs> But don't be walking around banging the drum that we've beaten Port Adelaide second on the ladder. It's a Good win. It was a good performance. What does it mean? We don't know yet. What can it mean? That's up to us. Yep. We had a good win. 
we didn't beat them at their best. We took advantage of what was in front of us and the opportunity in front of us. Enjoy that. Don't get carried away. Take care of business next week, hopefully, against the Eagles. And then, then, we, and then you get a free hit. No, well, not even that. Because then it starts. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got you know, the Giants in the last round. You've got Collingwood, Melbourne. Um, who else is St. in there? St Kilda. St Kilda. You're Gold going, Coast. You're going, these are the games. Well, okay. Collingwood and Melbourne are the big games, but now that we've taken care of Porter, the, the whole line always was, you play finals if you win the games you need to win and you take one of Port Adelaide, Collingwood or Melbourne. And when we had to win one of our last four or whatever it was last year and we couldn't get I like how Tim's always like, I think it was four. I think we had to win one of our last four. I think it was something like that. You're going, it's exactly like that. We had to no, win no, no, one no. of our last four and we didn't. But here, we had to win – it seemed like we have to win one of the three. Unlike last year – We've won the first one. No, that, we, no that, team, that's what we didn't do last we, year. We need to win five of our last seven at a minimum. Yeah, that's right. At a minimum. Yeah. So we've got one. So we've got, we've got one. four to go. So four of six now will put us right in the mix. Um, so that, as I said, the point of that long-winded thing was bit of perspective. Yeah. Enjoy yep. the win. Dickie Eklund went toe-to-toe with one of the greatest of all time and he didn't get knocked. He went to points and that in itself is meritorious. Don't carry on. Like it's more than it is yep. because at the moment it doesn't mean anything. Because it's one win. So it's walking around win. saying the Blues are back is not allowed. We're not allowed to do that. No, but just carrying on. I think there's been a little bit too much. All things I considered, agree. I don't. I don't disagree. All things considered, I think there's just been a little bit too much of that nonsense. Oh, it's a '90s banger. Good song. Ronan. It is yeah. Ronan. All day long, oh, great Quintessentially 90s. Yeah. But when you hold me near, you drown out the crowd. Try as they may, they can never define. We didn't do the chorus, couldn't be bothered. This clip goes for too long. It was too, it was too good for boys, though. There's always one. Oh, they always yeah. are. There's always one. Same as Robbie. Robbie was being held Robbie back. wasn't the main man to take that. Gary no, Barlow. I know. Gary was. Well, Gary did jack shit solo. He wrote – but didn't he write a lot of stuff? Yeah, I think – yeah, I think he's had a career in music that's been quite profitable for him, but I don't think he's gone on to be like a leading or a, or a pop star. He was the face of Take That, though, no doubt. Gary? Well, Robbie, yeah. Robbie sort of had the edge, though, didn't he? He had this he did. sort of the – He did. He was the bad boy. That's he was the one that the girls really wanted to hear from. Yeah, Robbie. And then um, <laughs> who is it? Yeah, Robbie. <laughs> Robbie. <laughs> that, that was creepy. Yeah, Robbie. Um, Carlton supporter, Robbie. He o- is occasionally. Yes. Yeah. Still can't get that the vision of him in that pink suit on Grand Final Day out of my mind. It was uh, it was out there. It was out there. Uh, why do we play that, Timbo? Because the Blues are back, baby. One of the great ballads of the nineties from one of the great movies of the nineties. And I think that that is the I think I think Notting Hill's probably the rom com gold standard. I I think it's 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 a movie that's got a bit of everything. I think I reckon Notting it's Hill. It's got a lot more heart to it. Yeah. Well, that song as well is important because that song was probably I reckon that song was from the scene in the movie where you're like, like this has been quite good. Like this from a rom com perspective, you're like, this has been quite good. And then the, that song where they, they, they're in the park and they sneak into the garden yep. and you're sort of like, oh, this Whoopsie is when daisy. it's – Yeah, no, this is it. And this is when the film kind of goes – And you keep saying it, doesn't you? Yeah. Oh, no, this is like – no, this is really good. Yeah. This is not just a when it's over 
Yeah, it was all fine. Yeah, no worries. You move on. You're like, no, no. And that's why it's endured. Made in 98, I think. Everyone has a favourite line out of it, but the bit that I always It's going to be Spike. I'm going to tell you a story that shrinks your balls no, no, to the no, size no, no, of no. Raisins. That's my favourite. No, it's, it's, when, it's when they're about to leave uh, after they have the dinner party and um, and she's a vegetarian and he, and she says to the guy, it's the best guinea fowl I've ever eaten. And the, the woman who's in the wheelchair who knows and can just see it and, and she just... She gets it. She goes. This woman's not. She's not it's here a for show. Bit more. There's a bit of depth here. There's. This is real. So I like my favorite. I, I repeat this sometimes. Is when um, Spike's wearing uh, his scuba diving gear, <laughs> and he goes, "Why are you wearing this?" He goes, "A combination of factors, really." He goes, uh, "No clean clothes." <laughs> no clean clothes. And I thought it looked kind of cool. <laughs> uh, very good, Spike. Reese Farns, of course. Yeah. And does a great job as um, as the lizard in uh, he does Kurt Connors. Kurt Connors. Yeah. He does indeed. What, what is he? Doctor Kurt Connors in. Uh, is this the... in um, Andrew? Andrew yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I've not seen him. What about? Uh, I like good. the uh, I like the other one too, where the the very funny man who works in the bookshop with him. Oh yes. He goes. Uh, he goes. I thought I saw a Topol one, one <laughs> yeah. day. He's always fixing his hair. Toppy. Toppy. The Topol. He goes. Topol. He goes. He sort of looked a bit like. What did he say? Because he sort of looked a bit like. Well, he goes. They don't look anything like one another. Yes. So it's entirely possible you just saw just a regular guy. Just, yes, it's quite good. Excellent, excellent movie. Good Speaking movie. of um, Hugh Grant, has anyone seen the trailer for uh, Wonka? Uh, Is this the I've, one with Timothy Chalamet? Bit of an advertisement without seeing any. Have of you the seen depth the, to it? Have you seen what they do now on social media, which is the trailer before the trailer? I must have been the the, the five pre, second sting. The, the, yeah, is the that the trailer trailer? The teaser. So even. they call it a teaser. Yeah. Well, it's the first trailer. It's generally called a teaser. Um, he looks bad. The film itself looks interesting, and it looks kind of like appealing and engaging, and sort of you know in a strange anachronistic kind of way. But his performance, I know he's not Johnny Depp, and he's not Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka. It's a separate thing. He's not playing a younger version of either of those two. But he, some of the line deliveries are like. Ugh, that's the best one. I'll that's, have to watch it. That's the best one you got? See, it's interesting because Elise and her family grew up on Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka, and she, Classic. she would she would genuinely watch it every single Saturday morning. Like for that's freaky. for years on end. It was it was just it was what went on in for their house. Forty years. <laughs> Not for what is her 40 years. Can you ask her what's her relationship with Cheer Up Charlie? Generally regarded as the low point of the movie. I'll ask her. Yeah. When his mother's stirring a big pot of clothes at the laundry with a big spoon. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this is not – it's sort of effective because you're like, they are fucking poor. Yeah, yeah. But then you're kind of like, this film has stopped dead in its tracks. Can we skip to the next song, <laughs> the next <laughs> moment? Enough. But as you say, it paints the scene. So, But then when we went and saw – because like, and, and I love the original Willy Wonka as well. Great movie. Always enjoyed it. Um and then when the new one came out... It was always a pleasure. Well, I was, I was very open to it. I've always liked Johnny Depp. Obviously, he's had his challenges of late. Um, it's fair to say. But, uh, but, but I watched it. I really enjoyed it. It was obviously just a different take on Willy Wonka. And, and I took it on for what it was and, and quite enjoyed well, it. Was it was very, very Burton-y and yeah, very, yeah, exactly very much right. in his wheelhouse. Yeah, I, and I was very happy. I was very Gene happy. Gene has no time for it. Or had no time. He's not around anymore. For... Dead. Dead. Gene Mulder, dead. Um, for Tim Burton. There you go. But yeah. no. But Why I, was that? I don't know. I just I saw it in a few interviews. Maybe he just thought 
he was getting a bit older then, but maybe he was just the classic question is asked, oh, what do you think of this? And he's like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. But, but no, but like I don't – like I, I made that movie in 1971 or whatever it was. Yeah. It's like I don't care. Like, eh. But the point I was just going to make was Elise didn't have any time for, for – She's too her, wedded. But, well, it was just – it was not her Willy Wonka. And, and to me, that's perfectly fine. What will be interesting is Elise will see it again – but I think Elise holds the original so very, very high for anybody else to get a look and in. And it'd be like me watching a remake or a reboot of Back to the Future. Yeah. Even if it's the best movie of all time, I probably it's won't like it. It's not my Back to the Future, yeah. That, um, my favourite part of that, um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, this, this, oh, it's actually not that bad. Like, it's, oh, it's If you watch it on its merits, it's actually, it's actually not bad. I don't know what people kind of – it wasn't trying to be the other one, but um, is the bit where – they do the really weird, really toy, really kind of unsettling um, marionette sort of animatronic show at the start and it all goes haywire and it all explodes. And it's like, geez, that's a bit fucking weird. Yeah. And then like half an hour later they're doing the tour of the factory and they go through because this is the puppet burn ward. And he <laughs> turns around nervously and goes, it's new. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I always thought that was Great quite line. good. I always thought that was yeah. quite funny to sort of yeah. like – just remind you of this – that was unsettling and strange. <laughs> and now the Oompa Loompas, uh, played, of course, by Deep Roy, are yes. uh, tending to the burnt puppets in the in silly, like, triage. Um, and, but, and, and that bit I loved, the fact that it was exactly the same guy in every single role. Well, see, I wonder if that's what they're doing here because on Hugh Grant, which is how we started talking about it, is Hugh Grant – is the Oompa Loompa. Uh, I did hear that, actually, yeah. And he's uh, Wonka has kind of trapped him in this kind of giant colosh, a glass yep. thing, and it's like he starts dancing. He starts, like, singing a song, and he's like, you don't have to do this. You don't. He goes, I've started already. <laughs> it's sort of actually quite good. And yet, but yep. sorry, what I was going to say in closing on Wonka is um, I reckon the breakout of this could potentially be the director. So Paul King is his name. And King is. King is, of course, and he's uh, to his friends and the friends of his friends. King. And um, he, he's only well, done – When his friends of his friends adequately introduce themselves. That, They'll yeah. get to Kingers. But um, so he's only directed two other feature films, both produced by David Heyman who produced the Harry Potter films, the two Paddington films. And I don't know if either of you have seen those. I love them. Surprisingly excellent. Yeah. When you've got young kids and you're like, going, I wonder – No, I've not seen – my oh, kids have seen it and they've been on in my house, but yeah, I've not paid no, attention to it. Watch, like, it. watch like, the second one's really good. It's got like, Hugh Grant in it. Surprisingly – Really good. You, you kind of sit down going, this, this, what's this going to be? And you're like, it's genuine – they're both genuinely good. Yeah. So he's done those and he's also done like a bit of Mighty Boosh and a bit of like, um, what was the other one, Come Fly With Me and I think he did like Little Britain directing comedy on British TV. Yep. And then he's done Paddington, Paddington 2 and now this. And he's sort of like, if this is good, you're kind of like, well, what the fuck? Why is this guy not making more stuff? Because he's obviously Can go. excellent. Can go. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Blues are back, Ronan Keating. Uh, when you say <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> He's talking about it's later. <laughs> That's part of the anyway, show's charm. Yeah, blues isn't are back. It? Yes. Um, the next heading I've got here is fast food footy. I've got a clip to play for you. Not fast food, good food quickly. What's that from, Tim? It's from the founder. No. <laughs> no. Not fast food, good food quickly. 
No, you'll have to tell me. That was from Seinfeld where Jerry inadvertently accidentally gets his friend fired and his friend who was like an accountant or some yep. high-up business manager ends up going to work for the Kenny Rogers Roasters across the road. I was talking about Kenny, Kenny Rogers, Rogers Roasters, Roasters the one, today. the bright orange yes, lights. Yes, that's exactly yeah. what we're talking about. Kenny. Kenny. <laughs> Come back, Kenny. <laughs> As we know, Newman, the broccoli. <laughs> that's right. Vile weed. I love Broccoli. Yeah, brilliant. So the whole point is that his mate gets fired. He says, you're working you know, fast food. And he goes, good food, quickly. And I thought to myself, fast food gets such a bad rap. Yes. It does. Like, it's people's rationale is it's for when you can't be bothered. It's cheap and it's nasty and it's not good for you, but it's easy. But don't tell me you don't love fresh KFC chips. <laughs> like, seriously, don't tell me that a, a really nice, the Coke when they've got the mix right from a Macca's. Yeah, because it's, just it's, top it's overdone. Yeah. No, but, it's beautiful. No, but it's not – whatever your go-to order at Subway is, don't tell me it's not a guilty pleasure you don't look forward oh, to. Oh, I it. always love it. I just know most of the time it's no good for me no, and, but and I can't do it too bear much. Bear with but, me, Tim. Oh, okay. You got your order from the fish and chip shop or the pizza shop or whatever. Yeah. The reason you keep doing it or keep going back there is because, yes, it's convenient and, yes, it's efficient and, yes, it's good. And it tastes feels, nice and yeah. it fills you up and it feels good. Fast food does not mean bad food. Very true. So long ago, I said, I don't think Fab was on this episode. This is when we were spelling you because you the season was just, you had your Spe- calf problems. I, 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 I was not spelled myself, but I, I, I was not spelled by anybody. You mm. took a leave of absence. Mm. So I made the comment that we, how do I phrase it? We're Metallica, but we were trying to be Mozart. So I've got the quote, quote here that we're Maccas, not filet mignon. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because you know what the most profitable business in your fucking suburb is? The local McDonald's. Yeah. The chicken El Maco. Making money hand over fist. So there's a fair chance they're doing plenty right. So, you know what else fast food is? Reliable. Repeatable. You just know what you're going to get every time you go there and that's why it's popular. So we pondered before what does this all mean? We mentioned that our fan base loves an overreaction. But what does it mean? It means what we make it mean. So, we are better than the team that endured that nine-week run where we only beat the West Coast Eagles. By 18 goals, but yeah. That is true. We preach as much. We preach support for the playing group. We preach that it wasn't the playing group. It was the way we were being coached. It was what we were doing and trying to win the game. And you said we weren't going to win the game playing that way. (sighs) If this recent run has proved anything, Timbo, you know what it's proven? We have a way. The group is all right. Yeah. I agree. It's not premiership material, but it's okay. But there's enough to work with but, <laughs> to show improvement. But when you're winning, you look better than you are. And when you're losing, no, you, you, you appear... You, that, you, that doesn't what make the sense. Hell does no, no. That mean? When you're winning, you appear... You may appear better than you are. And when I'm you're gonna losing... Add that to, I'm going to add that to the soundboard. I'm going to add Frank Costanza. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> are you saying... Thing, you want a piece you of me? You want a piece of me? <laughs> George isn't smart enough. Because <laughs> <to be able laughs> my George isn't clever enough to hatch a scheme like this. <laughs> Well, you're damn right. No, what I'm what saying is the, when, when, you're, when you're winning, everything looks good. That's up there with East Band and Down. I can feel it in my plums. The two greatest outtakes of all time are Frank Costanza in the police station and Will Ferrell, Danny McBride and Craig Robinson. I can feel it in my plums. They would have had to do that in 50 takes. Yes. that's Those are the two So best. what I was trying to say was when you're winning, everything kind of looks good and when you're losing, 
it's kind of the opposite. Sorry, yeah. I didn't, sorry, I just need to tidy up my fast food thing. The whole thing with the fast food analogy is, mm. Fabian, sure. just be who you are. I don't mind that. McDonald's are who they are. Hungry Jack, KFC, they are who they are and they know what they do well and they do what they do well. That's it. And you go there and you know what you're going to get. So just be that. Don't try to be something better than that, beyond that. We, I think we've spoken about it in the past with car companies when they sell Toyota, start trying to sell $120,000 cars. You go, no. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yep. Don't try to be something else. Be happy being what we are, which is a team that's a bit riskier, a bit more fly by the seat of our pants, a team that wants to get the ball in, get our forwards you know, a bit of an advantage. It's really not that hard. Is it good enough to win the flag this year? No. Is it better to watch? Yes. Is it going to oh, win us more it's, games? It's, it's significant. Yes. Is it going to win us more games of football? Yes. It's significantly better to watch. And this is it's it. It's not, not better to watch. It's significantly better. And that's exactly right. You have to make it worth our while. And the reason we go to KFC to get the chips is because it's worth our while. You're getting sponsored on this today. The reason we go to Macca's to get the El Maco or whatever is your favourite, your go-to, is because you know what it's going to be. The McFeast is good. I've become, honestly, I've I've become such an old man that... You're not going to say fillet of fish, are you? Yeah. Like, I I very rarely, I'm talking about very rarely, I don't think I've been to Macca's this year. But when I do, it's just a fillet of fish. I've adopted Fabian's. And a Sprite. They've ruined the Sprite, though, because I've gone to Sprite Zero. Which is terrible. Well, you can't just get normal Sprite. No, they've... Oh, so took, they're, they're enforcing... Uh, Macca's took normal Sprite away. Dickheads. Dickheads. <laughs> um, I did. I took your advice, though. They fucked it up the other night, though, on the way back from the footy. Not at East Doncaster. At East Doncaster. Fucking hell. McChicken with some chips on it and some sweet and sour sauce. Yeah. But they didn't give me the sauce. Ah, uh, bugger. Of course they don't. I might have told this story before. They charged me for it, 60 cents. <laughs> of course they did. Absolute dickheads. I might have told this story before, but Elise, Elise, my younger sister Catherine and I, and I can't even remember, I think it was one of Catherine's friends put us onto it. I love how She's Kath, Catherine Kath now. She's rebranded. Now become Catherine. She's, rebrand, she's, she's rebranded herself, has she? Yeah. Kath, who gets mentioned on this podcast regularly. more than anyone, has it's, now become Catherine. She's now decided, who else? Someone else did that. Where it was like, I've changed. I, I want to be known as... Who's Unlike everyone else that you mentioned, Tim, Kath actually listens. I know she does. She loves it. She would have just. She would have been startled by you calling her Catherine just then. Actually, I actually, I will take the time to apologise to her. She I don't probably think didn't she, even I don't realize. think she hates being called Catherine, but she. That's, she's, she's only been called Catherine when she's been told off by your parents. Yeah, when it's she the was, same as I don't get Timothy a lot, and yeah. when I do, it's not good. She probably wouldn't have even realised you were talking about her. <laughs> Who is this Catherine you're talking about? Um, but no, Kath. Well, I think it was one of Kath's friends. Um, had floated the McFicken, which is the McChicken, so the chicken fillet from a McChicken. In a Big in, Mac. In a McFeast. Oh, okay. And so now that the McFeast is back, I you wonder whether you can get the, it. You subs, no, what you would do is you would customise the burger. That's right. You would customise your McFeast on the little touch screen. To get a McChicken patty in lieu of a beef patty. Yes. Wowie. Well, Kath, we might have a date for a McFicken coming up soon. <laughs> Wouldn't you just call it a chicken McFeast? Sean, you missed the point. I totally it's get the point. It's a play on words. Uh, mate, it's I'm, a McFicken. I'm fully aware of what you've done. I'm um, <laughs> just saying, would it not be easy to call it hey, a chicken McFeast? It was McFeast? a McFicken when I was 18. It's a McFicken now, all right? 
Yeah, you can fucking shove the McFicken up. You can shove the McFicken up your ass. Up your fucking ass. Oh, it's another 90s banger. That's dancing. Bring it all back now. You struggling with this timbo? Oh, love it. Bring it all back What a tune! It's Club Seven. What a tune! Rachel Stevens. I was going to say, what does the name Rachel Stevens mean to you? Far out. It's it's FHM number one, I believe, a couple of times. Brings me back to a good time in my life. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Holy Jesus! <laughs> I think one of them died recently. What? One of the S Club guy. One of the guys may have even, unfortunately, taken his own life. That's very sad to hear. It is, Tim. Um, I don't know which one, but... Uh, well, it's sad that any one of them took their life, but yeah. It was seven of them, of course, as, as per their name. Did they, they had like a little TV show, didn't they? Yeah, like that's the what mon- it was like, yeah. like the monkeys. They were like High Five. No, they were. No. Was, what do you mean? It wasn't a... Tim, it wasn't like a kid's show like High Five, was it? No. No, it was like no, no, a, the but- monkeys. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm just saying, they had a show, like High Five. Well, High Five, yeah, I mean, in the sense that they also had a show like the band High Five had a show, then your statement is correct. Well, the show wasn't like High Five's show. No. But that they had no. a show was like High Five. Yes. High Five. One, two, three, four. High Five. They, <laughs> High changed, five. they changed crew members quite often. A lot. When <laughs> I'm going to tell another story, sorry. Oh, Jesus. When uh, I first went over to Elisa's house when we first started dating – and met her family, like her extended family. I got to meet her. The Pi um, Five? No, niece they and were nephew. There. And Tyson would have been two years of age. Tyson's now like 23. Um, and Elise said, Oh, my um, new boyfriend's coming over. And he goes, Oh, okay. And, said, oh, uh, and he said, What's his name? And she said, Oh, it's Tim. And he said, oh, no. Tim from High Five. <laughs> I think he was most disappointed when I rocked up. <laughs> she goes, no, he's coming over next week. Yeah, correct. But in a world of a two-year-old, like the world is only There's so only big. There's only one Tim. So, yeah, Do you know correct. what I would have said? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it, it absolutely is. is Tim from High Five. He would have said, that's not Tim. You know what would have been good? If she opened the door and just went, you're fucking Tim from High Five, okay? <laughs> if anyone asks. There's a two-year-old kid in there that thinks you're in High Five. Just go with it. Yeah. Good stuff. Good Tim, stuff. Good why, don't we, uh, why don't we play... Um, S Club 7. S Club 7. Bring it all back. <laughs> you could have said it No, it was a cool Bring it all back. Bring it all back. Because the Blues are back, baby. Yep, they are back. We've played that in the past as a Prenda DJ, I reckon. They're right. Bring it all back. Yeah, I think so. It's a good song. It's a feel-good song. It is a feel-good song. It's a classic 90s like Brit pop. Absolutely. Slice of Bring nonsense. the energy. I agree completely. Moving on, last segment uh, of the chat. Uh, so who are we? We mentioned earlier that... Who is your daddy? And what does he do? And what does he do? It's <laughs> a kindergarten cop. Yeah. How incredibly, like, you think about unsubtle that was. Where Artie goes in and he's going to teach this kindergarten because they're going to try to nab someone who's in witness protection and they're going to try to figure it out. And he's just, like, sitting there grilling the kids. And then he learns to love it. Mr. Kimball. And may or may not have become a primary, primary school teacher himself, an early childhood educator. It's not a tumour. What, you know what is incredible about that film as well? That boys have penises and girls have a vagina. <laughs> that is very true. The, the ferret. Yeah, the ferret. Let them remake Kindergarten Cop in 2023. Oh, tell me about They it. do it as like an eight-part limited series. 
going for nine hours. Drag it out for far too long. Um, they'd really touch on the relationship, the romantic relationship between he and the woman in witness protection just trying to hide from her psychotic ex-husband. Correct. Um, what I find incredible about that film, good film for Arnie to do, by the way, like just a different – and that was back in the days where – there was actually an interesting chat about this. It was um, like twins, wasn't it? It was a real change of pace. Well, there was actually an interesting chat about this, about how um, a few films lately at the box office are badly underperforming. So something like The Flash will be Warner Brothers. I don't know if it will be Warner Brothers' highest loss ever posted on a film. Certainly part of their DC brand. It'll be their highest loss posted on a movie. They can't take a trick. They can't. So it'll it'll make less money than The Green Lantern did. Wow. Um, You've got Indiana Jones, which is sort of going okay, but it it might break even. Um, Mission Impossible opened and opened okay um, and hopefully have some legs because it's a better movie, so fingers crossed it gets legs. But the point was this person had this really fascinating tweet thread about it. So there are no new movie stars to inhabit these properties because when you think back on it, there was a Mission Impossible 1 and there was a Fast and the Furious and there was – but those films don't get made anymore. The only type of film like that that got made in the last 15-odd years is probably John Wick, the only original property – even then Keanu Reeves, but it's this original property, you don't know anything about it, and you end up getting four movies out of it. They're doing a spin-off, they're doing a TV show. But in 2023, because filmmaking is so expensive, they don't take risks. But why is it so much more expensive? Well, this is a problem. So, But why do, the, the question is, because films have become so expensive, they aren't actually building the next wave of movie stars, which is why, arguably, the biggest movie star on the planet is sort of like it's Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise is like 60 years old. Yeah. You're like, and you've got an 80-odd-year-old Indiana Jones in cinemas. This idea is that we haven't had the films that used to make movie stars and then they would go and do the big fucking mega blockbuster movie. So Arnold was obviously already a huge star, but he went and did like a film like Kindergarten Cop. And you think about it, you're going, well, a star of the calibre or the quality or the level of a Tom Cruise nowadays is not doing a film of that scale in 2023. No. But back in 1990, I think it was released... Movie stars would do all sorts of different things. Well, Harrison was, Ford would do Indiana Jones and then he'd do Witness and then he'd do Regarding Henry and then he'd do The Mosquito Coast. They're all different movies. But he, but he could act and and he would make it, he would make any good story Arnie couldn't work. act. This is my point, though. And he did lots of different movies. He just tried to prove that he yes, had Gary. range and... Act, Gary. And was happy to... It's the greatest moment in cinema. But he goes, if you get in trouble, use this. And he slides him a hammer. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry, sorry, Tim, we shouldn't have interrupted you. Hey, suck my cock. It's <laughs> 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 so good. It's an amazing moment. Continue, Tim. No, I don't even... Well, no, I was just saying that... And, and, I'll, and this is only because I've been watching the Arnold little short series on, um, on Netflix, but... Um, he he was obviously very strong on his want to prove that he had the ability to do a variety of but things. I think and he more never wanted to be typecast. No, but I think more than that, he understood that variety is not bad. No, absolutely not. I'm happy to stretch and do. And the idea as well is, I do. And he was clever that it wouldn't last forever. Clearly, but he did the more sort of hard R kind of action movies. You know, your Predators and Conans and all that kind of stuff. You know, Red Heat. Yeah. Silly films like that. But then he went and did like family type stuff. Yeah. Because realistically, that's where the fucking money is. Correct. 
more people can go and see Twins, can go and see Kindergarten Cop, can go and see Junior as bad that as that That was the one where he was pregnant, wasn't That's it? That's the yeah. one where he was pregnant. Seemed fanciful at the time, Tim. Yes. It's ahead of its time. But more people can what go and see... What was the premise of that movie? He just he was part of some experiment and he ended uh, up accidentally becoming pregnant, despite not having a womb. As one does. I'm sure they rode around that somehow. But, yeah, films like that and Twins, as I mentioned. Well, as you say, he and Danny DeVito were twins, apparently. But so. this is it. So you had all these sort of films, the idea we make these films because they're appealing or I've got broader appeal. It's fun. And they're fun. And I've done the action films to make my name and this is now where the money is because families can see it. And then the whole point of that is kids see me doing these films and then when they get older they'll see my other movies, yep. blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, it was a really fascinating tweet thread just about how Cinemas at this really fascinating inflection point, whereby there aren't, there are no new stars. And is that just because the cost to make a film is so high, and so as a result, we're going to um, seek the home run at all times. We want to hire, and, and therefore we will stick with the known quantity and commodity. We need the name above we the poster of risk. the guy you recognise, the girl you recognise, stars in. But then what that creates as well is like you go. The $40 million film with the kind of nobody still needs to make like $90 million. Yeah. So, yeah, it's this really fascinating how, how, how economic... How does one do that? And, and then obviously the fact that there's a strike, the writer's strike... And actor's moment, strike. And actor's strike. Which means um, there'll be no movies in... There'll be a real big fucking... There'll be like in so what's going time. What's going on? I've heard of it, but I don't know... So writer's basically... Enough about it too. Writer's basically with the advent of streaming... Um, yep. Gone uh, is one of the key levers for payment, I suppose, was the residual check. So the idea is that I write an episode of Seinfeld mm-hmm. and then every single year there's a record of, well, that's been shown on Channel 10 on the 24th of July in Australia and it's been shown in America on this channel at this time. Here it is. It all gets indexed and I get a royalty check. The episode has been screened X number of times. Here they all are. This is your check. Whereas now, because of streaming, even though they do have the data, they say they don't, well, how long, how many times has the episode been screened? Yeah. How many times has it been shown? What percentage of that do I get as a residual? So you get like a real – a guy posted a thing. He'd, he'd wrote an episode So they're of, getting stiffed. A guy had wrote an epi- written an episode of She-Hulk, I think he said, and his residual check was $370. Wow. So they're basically arguing that the industry needs to be reformed and then the actors thing, I'm actually not entirely sure. That's more about pay parity. I think someone had a really fascinating thing about everyone thinks when you see Hollywood actors who are part of SAG, oh, they're all making they're all making big money. Such and such made $20 million for doing that film. And I think he said 80% of the SAG members at some ludicrously high percentage just barely make enough to keep their medical insurance. Yeah. And the number for that is like it's not a lot. But then you can say the same thing about a lot of sports and all that sort of no, stuff. No, no, but this is, I think the, the, dis- is, the disparity is yeah. the head of um, the head of Warner Brothers and David Zaslav's like making hundreds of millions of dollars in yeah. options, stock options. Yeah, that's and the a like. name. The head of Disney, Bob Iger, is making hundreds of millions of dollars. No, it's a good point. And then you've got your content creators and your actors, particularly at the low end, like not even making a living wage. Yeah. So I think that the argument is we probably just need to redress – where the money's going, yep. even if a little bit of off the top goes to the bottom. So I think quite quite encouragingly there are a lot of actors who are very, very well off, who are sort of understanding that, well, no, this isn't about me. 
this is about servicing the lower end of the industry and helping them get a little bit more cash. And there's a big, like, you know, you, you hear the Keanu Reeves stories about the amount of money that he's given away over his time because he's been wildly successful across his career. and he Famously doesn't... bought um, all of the stunt guys at Ducati. There we go. On the Matrix. There you go. Did not know that. Famously also well, when, for when you can part of his check. They, they said we don't have enough money to finish the movie. And he see um, whether he gave back or didn't accept part of his what was owed to him, so they could finish the film. Yep, I'd heard that one. What a he, man! I think you told me that. He one. might have taken some points. He might have taken some back end points. Um, so the point here I got is: who are we? What are we? And nothing. Sort of going dialing in a little bit closer on what we spoke about earlier. We're the second quarter. You reckon that's it, do you? That's what we are. <laughs> So, so you're saying what we showed in the second quarter us. is what we are. Yeah, yeah I agree. So I agree. We Cause, saw cause exactly what we are. that's our best footy. When we played Collingwood last year, that's the way that we went about it. So we kicked six goals, two to two goals, five. While we were a little bit wasteful in the first, they were a little bit wasteful in the second. We'll ta- uh, tackle the attacking side of that game first. We kicked five goals, one in ten minutes. It was a blitzkrieg. And that yeah. was the game. It was. In 10 minutes, we took the game. We did that with Sydney last year. We yep. did it with Frio last year. Said the same thing at halftime about the Sydney game. Yep. I said it feels exactly the same. We kicked five goals, one in 10 minutes. We, we kick, we're kicking six goals a week. Yeah. Six weeks ago. That's right. So that's us. And, and to be able to kick a goal at the very beginning of the third quarter as well, to really just strike home, you know, we've done well. We've, we've played great footy, far better than what you've been able to show us so far. And while you were trying to scramble your way back in and claw and try and get some traction, we're going to close the gate at the start of the third quarter. You know what else was most encouraging for Bagadoush? We did it immediately after Harry went off. Yeah. And that's not to say we, we don't need Harry, we can survive without Harry, but the point being made is we took a situation or a moment in time which how are we going to adjust to this? What are we going to do without him? Yeah. And we took all that angst off the table, all those nerves off we the didn't, table. We didn't let that affect us. Yeah, we could very easily have been destabilised by it. And 100%. It, it, it was almost as if Port didn't know what um, lever we were going to pull after that, so they didn't know how to defend us. And the chaos took over. Yep, that's okay. Very good. I like that. Thank you. Um, no, I agree completely. So we acted so quickly, we didn't let it bother us. We took, like I said, any nerves that it would bother us right off the table. And more than just the losing Harry part of it, when we got to the defending, like we, we, we got a couple of let-offs. We, yeah, gave, we, we gave them a few early, but we, they got a couple mm. in the second. But that's football. That that's football. Yeah, they're not going to kick every goal. But we defended as a team. We defended really manfully. Even when they did get out and Rosie had the running shot, for instance, like – we created pressure. The one that he missed? That's it. We created, that was a bad miss. But we created – at least then he had to come through traffic. Pressure was coming in. More than that, their set shots were terrible. Terrible. We were funneling them really wide. Yep. So the looks we were giving them were low percentage. And even when they were in space, there's a bit of pressure. Where's the pressure? Geez, they're pretty hot today. So where's it coming from? i got a steady, but yep. I'm going to get – yeah. Because even when Butters kicked his goal, he sort of got it and he, he immediately looked to the right. Like he obviously – has good awareness, but it was a, there was an immediate, am I going to be in trouble? And then he only needed a step anyway, but there wasn't a player there at that moment. Mm-hmm. But um, just, yeah, Does, I, think, I think he was expecting it. Yeah, you know, the way that the game had fallen out, there was always pressure. Did you get did you get the sense of when we play Port that Walsh has got that point to prove? Yep. I, think yeah, I thought he started I, very I, well. I felt like it. I thought he started excellently and they he kept working, kept working, but they put the clamps on him yeah. after quarter time. I'm the scat man. I got one for you. <laughs>
So I got a stat for you. Tell me. Seven of our first nine goals. So in the first half, kicked nine goals. Seven of them were kicked from inside 30 metres out. Yeah, that's very uncarlton-like, isn't it? So that's getting the method right all over the field, making sure we've got numbers and targets ahead of the ball, making sure our launch zone is right and we're not too far back or too close to the 50 when we kick it in. That's finally been fine-tuned. And I thought that was a really important stat because the closer you are to goal, the easier the goals are to kick. This is true. Basically. Um, what I liked, Timbo, that was when the pendulum swung back Port's way, we sort of went into kind of a quasi-rope-a-dope. We sort of battened down the hatches, tucked in really tight, defended really manfully, but when the opportunity presented to spring out, we actually did that as well. We were still able to take that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we picked our moments to strike, which was good. Um, defensively, just much better, much more team-orientated, which was excellent. Um, so I think Is Brody Kemp going to absolutely kill himself one day? He, he goes. He la- there's launching at the football, and then there's this aimless kind of. He, it's it's not even trying to take mark of the year. It's just I don't know. It's just he's want to compete and be a body he, in the contest. Every single fibre of his being is going for that ball. Yeah. You um, you were talking about uh, might have been Tim earlier. The whole getting the balance right thing and being too defensive. Um, I think that what we're seeing now is that we're scoring more but actually harder to score against. Yeah, yeah. So that's getting the balance right. Well, and, and there was no surprise, and, and we'll talk individuals But when you're scoring, it's, it's, I know it's, it's going to sound cliche, but when you're scoring, well, you're obviously not defending as much. Well, you, yeah, if you've got the ball and you're attacking, your mm. opponent can't be doing that at the same time. Yeah, and, and they would need to turn over and get us going back the other way, but as we've long said this season, we seem – to be able to get back and support better than we ever have before. And, you know, again, while oppositions will score against us, they don't tend to score easily, and that shows your defence is standing up. And so the big part of the perspective conversation from earlier is what does that look like against better teams? Yes. Yep. So we wait and see. Chicken salads now. There's only one place to start the chicken salads. You got the perfect ten votes from the coaches. Yes, which would be... Interesting with an award later on. No, it wouldn't be because he hasn't won that. Um, <laughs> Jack, Silvani, that. <laughs> Jack Silvani doesn't want to wear another jumper. The fans don't want Jack Silvani to wear another jumper. Just sort it the fuck out. Correct. Just sort it out. And and you've you hit the nail on the head in the last episode when when you said if through whatever circumstance he ends up playing for another football club. Yeah, he's a professional athlete, that's great. But it, at that point, it's just a job. He he is living his dream right now and he's doing it well enough that he deserves another contract. And you saw how much it meant to him on Saturday. It, you saw the connection he had with the fans. And the players. He's not going to get that at another club. Yep. And he's going to – I just have this feeling that if he's the one that makes the decision to go – is I'm seeking greener pastures type thing, I think he'll realise extremely quickly... That he's pulled the wrong rein. I've made a mistake. And, and we Job have... Bluth-style arrest yeah. development, I've I've made a terrible mistake. Well, the discussion I had with a few friends... I don't friends get that reference, work, but yeah, I get what you're trying sensible. to say. If, if we offer him 400 a year over two years, so 400 a year for two years, so... 800 total. Thank you, Tim. Yep. I just couldn't quite get my head around I wasn't around articulating those, that very well. Maths. And another team offers him 500 a year per year for four years. They wouldn't, though. 
<coughs> well, that's what I'm, ju- I'm just. He will, he will be offered cheapest. He will be offered next to nothing. But he will be offered a contract. He won't be offered a you contract. You said earlier. You said your Bolognese source said he would not be offered a contract. This is just my theory, Sean. I think he'll be offered something that isn't worth taking. But my what I was trying to articulate and what I'm trying to get right in my head is, even if we were low balling him, mm-hmm. for a guy that's played 120 games of footy and has been unanimous BOG on the weekend, about 115, yeah. He's starting um, to show us that offering him cheap, like minimum chips. You can't chips, offer him three hundred thousand. No, but we, no. We, like if, if average wage is four fifty. He's starting to show the club that offering him minimum chips is bad list management. Well, I think it would be bad optics for others. If, it's not even bad optics, Tim. It's just bad list management. Yeah. So yeah, if, no, we're, if we're lowballing him to try to say, oh, we gave him an offer, but he didn't take it, and now yeah. he's left. Uh, we tried to keep him, but uh, it's it's. Willy Wonka, no, Acres. no, don't, yeah, stop. Yeah, it's it's that, it's, it's that, it's that. No, we wanted him to stay, but they you got sound a better. Like Bill Burr. But he got a better offer from somewhere else, and it's like our offer was shit, and that's why he left. That just becomes bad list management, yeah. Because yeah. at the moment he's doing a job for the team, which you could argue no one else in the team can do. Yep. Um, and it would just, it's just bad. It's just bad decision making. And that was one of the other comments we sort of made is the moment Harry goes down and you need to refashion your forward line, one of the first things you're saying is, okay, Jack, you now now, you now have to play key position. And you're going, okay, well, you've asked him to play ruck undersized. You're now going to ask him to play key position undersized when he was always really only ever going to be a Surely third he tall with a bit of pressure. On, and, he, the he, and he does, but he proved on the weekend what he can do. Um, yeah. and, and you recontract that player. Jesse Motlop was another chicken salad, clearly. <laughs> Last gasp in. Didn't he take that chance afforded to him? He was absolutely electric in the first half. I think at one point in time he'd had five touches and kicked four goals. Well, he had six kicks. So um, <laughs> For the game? For the game. Wow. How many touches? Not a whole lot more. You wanted this. Give me the number, Tim. You can't be like, he had six kicks. What if he had 18 handballs? Yeah, you appreciate the stats I bring. The quality. Well, I, I I read the stat and I wrote it down, but the point was. But sometimes people lazily. He say, had ten he, possessions. Sometimes people lazily say, "Oh, he had six kicks, meaning six disposals." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had ten possessions. He had six kicks, but he kicked four goals. That's pretty good. And what we saw too was his best half of footy for us, which was unbelievable, absolutely fantastic, opportunistic. And then in the second half, he didn't do a whole lot. No. Yeah. Put it to put it lightly. Which again yeah. is he's a second year player. That's going to happen. Yeah, but, but, but apparently I've got, no, I've got no issue with with Jesse. But he got the tap. Like he wasn't ready to play at all. They've just that's said, fine, Tim. No, no, no. I'm just. So was he? Was he? Did he say that? He goes, look, I'm probably only got one good half in me because you've just told me now. So do you want a first no, no, half no. or second half? No, no. My, my point, actually, there probably isn't a lot of detail to the point, but he was not prepared to play a game of football. No, well, he was prepared if needed. It wasn't an emergency. Well, I think he was, but by the time Owies is out on the ground warming up, I reckon he's gone, well, I'll go and get myself a pie right now because he wouldn't have been warming up in the same way others would. All of a sudden they'd have gone, hey, uh, we've got a problem. Owies calf's tightened up. He's not going to play. Jesse, you got the gig. Don't rush. Get yourself sorted. Do what you've got to do. Get ready to run out. But I would um, say half an hour before the ball was bounced, he had no anticipation or intention of playing that game of football. That's true, but you've still got to get yourself... Ready just in case. Well, he's done well, though. That's um, my point. 
Paddy Cripps, I thought, got better the longer the game went. Yes. Yep. And was very impactful. Um, you know, really good in, inside the stoppage. I think he finished with 10 clearances or something, didn't he? Which is... Which is his or double bread digital clearance. Like 35 in the last three weeks or something like that. You were is watching the... First Crack with Kingy, weren't you? No, no. I heard Kingy on... What's that show he does with Jared? Oh, with G. G. Thanks, G. Thanks, G. Yeah, G. What's his one with G? Maybe that's where I heard it as well. I don't know. But I thought he was good. I thought Cripper was sort of back to something approximating his best. Um, you know the one metre gain Cripper that we always ask for? Yes. A lot of that. Well, he's, he's an extractor. And he, it was like the, Walsh was putting it in his head at times where he's gone. He had 439 metres gained. No, but in, at contest, he's not trying to – he no. was absorbing and getting it out. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked Mitch McGovern's intent. So did I. I thought he did a couple of really good physical – Leaps into contests, make sure the guy. I think he did he crunch Boke at one point. Was he the one that crunched Boke? He did one in a really you know, two in a marking contest, which were really good. You just went, well, if you're going to stand in the hole, yeah, that's what you get. Yeah, I'm coming through. Yeah, and you're going to have to wear it. And then next time you might not do it. Who did he get? Was it Bergman? Maybe. You got one of them flush in the back, and he just went good. That's yeah. what you need. Yeah, that's one of those where you you put it in their heads early. Deal with it however you want to deal with it, however you can deal with it. TDK, I thought his work in the contest was really, really good. I loved how he was um, prepared to take the ball out of the ruck. Yes. Obviously a directive because they don't want Butters and Rosie and Boke and Wines having that second possession opportunity. So if you get the opportunity to take it, just take it yep. and go yourself. Nullify. So that was great. Um, you know, and good just... when the ball hit the ground as well and laid tackles. Absolutely. Uh, no, I agree. I liked some of the role players. We mentioned Jesse Motlop. Um, Fogarty was good again. Very good. Uh, Chincotta was good again. Blake Aker's first half was good. His second half was... Oh, he was, had a good game. No, nah, his second half was poor. His first he, half he, was very he good. He mixed his... There was one bit of play where he took a really strong mark aerially and it was and it needed to be taken. Yep. And, and, and you just sort of thought... That's what we had been lacking from our wingman. So to be able to get that in was good. You might have gotten it from Cottrell. You're not getting it from Lockie O'Brien. So, and you're probably not, you're probably not getting it from Ollie Hollands. So for him to be able to give us what we needed at the moment it was required, you thought, great, Blake. That's good. one moment, Tim. I no, thought, no, no, I thought I, his I first half. I thought his first half was really good. I said as so much on Twitter. I said that was his best half of the Footy Club. Yep. I thought his second half was a bit he, of a non-event. It was erratic. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a bit... Uh, there was I'm, one bit where he got the ball... We're not getting fly- anything bad from you. No, we're not no, getting no, anything no. great from I, you. I agree, with like you. I agree with you. I agree with you. The ball came out to him and he had a flying shot around the corner and you thought, he's every chance of kicking this goal and it went out of bounds and you've gone, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's Black right. Acres. Yeah, that's yeah. about right. What yeah. do you got to say on that? No, I just... I, just, I, th- I enjoyed his game. But he was, I not, appreciate was not the, the perfect guy. No, no. He can't handball and he can't kick. Like, <laughs> even his handballs were like, I'm like, shit, mate. The guy was two metres away. And what happened to six, what is it, five months ago? You were just, you, you genuinely yeah, he's, he's were as work, hard his as work any man rate, has ever been in the history of the his world. His work rate, he's taking an entire wing by himself. Yeah, well, that's the that's the role of a wingman, yeah. Well, I feel like Doc and, and Cotters are sharing the other one, half-half. Yeah. That's my point. He's, he's just he's a workhorse, yeah. and you got to. Oh, but gotta, so long as he's not kicking or handballing, he's, <laughs> he's marking the ball very well. Spacing, spacing. He, he loved that spacing shit. Spacing. We, we, you were going on about that in preseason, and, and he's was, done a very good job. I felt like I used the thing with 
I felt like Vince when he was watching his dailies with Werner, and you're like, I don't see it. You're like, look at the spacing. Yeah, and I'm, going, I'm sort of going, I don't, I don't see it, Werner. I don't see it. You have a lip quiver. He's like, and then you'd be like, here, look, it's quivering. And then you'd say to me, you'd go, I don't see it. The George Clooney head tilt. You'd be saying to me, there, there it is. <laughs> and I'm going, I don't see it. I don't see where this is. Trust me, it's there. It's there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, let me, let me get to it. John Ellis! Aunt <laughs> <laughs> Delasola made me do that at GTA once. The best one's when he goes up to the woman, the receptionist. Because where's, where's John, John Ellis? Ellis? <laughs> she just goes, conference room. <laughs> Aunt goes, just storm into the office <laughs> and look for John Ellis. <laughs> This is when I'd given up on GTA for this stage. And I'm just, John Ellis! <laughs> Did anyone get it? Oh, Ant was dying, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the, yeah, no one would have. It's disappointing that so few people in the office would have got it. It's brilliant. It's one of the great scenes in the show. Where's John Ellis? I've said to Fabian that in the off season to keep the pod ticking over, we should do like a. Um, an entourage just rewatch. Hmm. Join us, Tim. Oh, that's right. You've not watched it. So we, the idea is we would watch the episode, we record live and just muse over it, and then maybe at the end of the episode do like our season best and fairest, like who got the votes in what episode, who was the star in what so episode. So the whole thing you're watching live, like a watch along. Yeah, because the episodes only go for twenty two minutes. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm unaware of this. See, we and we would do like four or five at a time. And then they would just be in the can. Yeah, I understand. So, mm. so you would do two hours worth of work but get four weeks worth of... We'd probably have to bleed them out because there's like 90 episodes. So we'd probably have to do like two a week. Mm. It's a big commitment. That's right. I was <laughs> going to say. It's not entirely... 22-minute episodes, though, doable. At least I might have to jump onto that. The first season is eight episodes, Fab. We'd knock that over in one sitting. Yes, we would, but... And then the second one's 12 episodes, I think, or 13. They don't get higher than 13. I like watching them. Do you like... do. That's why I pose this thing to you. There's like a 20-episode period where Sloane's not in it at all, and that's just very disappointing. Um, what about when they kept breaking them up off oh, screen? Fuck. You're like, fucking just move on. And then they put life. them together, and then guess what? Then the, the, f- mo- the movie comes out. Then they're broken they're up. They're broken like, out. Get broken up again. Stuffed. So that Eric can be having sex with some good-looking woman just to stroke the actor's ego rather than do what's good for the fucking story. Franchise. Yeah. Oh. Um, any more chicken shits? Chicken salad, sorry, from you two? I just... No, I've got some chicken, I've got some chicken shits, but not a chicken salad. This is a the, weird... The, I, well, then you don't move on yet. I, I, there was a moment... At the end of the game, you know when you just sort of watch players interact with one another, either from the same team or opposite teams and all that sort of stuff, there was a moment between Jesse Motlop and Jace Burgoyne and I was just trying to get my head around... Fucking looks like a Burgoyne. Very much looks like very a Very much like Peter Burgoyne, yeah. obviously. And, but uh, isn't he Sean's son? Or is no, he Peter's no, son? Peter's, Peter's son. son. It looks like unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's a clone. But I was just trying to get my head around, would they have just played... We said Jesse was from WA, didn't we? He was, yeah. I just think they might have done some rep team or something. Well, I was actually thinking. Trip. I was actually thinking Port Crash was what I was thinking. Is when no, they were probably uh, three they, and four no. years away. They legitimately might have grown up together. Yeah, they probably did. That's what I'm thinking. So that's your chicken salad. Yeah, that I, those just like, two I just reconnected. Like it. it gave me 
the feels. Okay, that's wonderful. Thanks for sharing with that, <laughs> Tim. Uh, chicken shits. Harry's injury is an obvious chicken shit. That's <laughs> clear and obvious. Um, all but confirmed. Uh, obviously, is confirmed now, isn't it? Earlier today, yep. it hadn't be not an ACL, uh, but a six to eight weaker. So we won't see him for the rest of the season proper, which is frustrating. Um, had the same sort of thing last year and came back pretty quickly. So maybe there's some hope if we were to qualify, he might trot out for a first final. Correct. A little bit like Juddy against Richmond, maybe. Get get warm in the second half. If we make it in that manner. <laughs> From ninth. Jesus. Um, the, I did miss a chicken, chi- a chicken salad. <sighs> of course you did. Cunner's execution when he makes his decision, he, a couple of times he kicked to the fat side when we had when we'd gotten out. He knows the where the space is. He knows where the space is. I think he's gotten silkier. <laughs> it's what, I think when he when he took Is that the, why you didn't get up to celebrate yeah. a lot of our uh, <laughs> when he took, a lot when he of took our the contested work. mark and I said, How are your pants going? And you thought that I was talking about Blake Akers. I didn't know what you were talking well, about. Well, last week you said, oh, my erection has only just gone down after the performance that, by David Cunningham. He's actually come back and he's like, he's more talented. He's more of a footballer. I agree. But when, a couple of times when he got out the back and he had the ball and you thought, this is the bike we need kicking it. And he just, the decision was perfect. The execution was perfect. And it resulted in a goal. I thought he was going to get killed when he was waiting under the ball. Yeah. His footwork was fantastic in the end. Like he was out of position Mm. and then all of a sudden he was in position and his defender didn't know where the ball was. It was great. Chicken shits back on those. You're sorry about that. I've got one. Mm -hmm. My man, Paddy Dow. Yep. I'll I'll call the spade a spade. I'm sympathetic in some ways that occasionally he would get the ball and he would have to kick long down the line or he'd have to execute the kick, you know, Longer than he, around you know, the body and, I still yeah. think he had some nice moments where oh, he okay. gathered and executed in space and he went, that's that's nice. Yeah. But I was probably more feeling it for his sake that he'd been given an opportunity prematurely. Didn't take it. And hadn't taken it. Yeah. So oh, my hope disagree. is, my hope is, they won't, they'll drop him, but my yeah. hope is we're playing the Eagles this week. It's the right right time to play him. Give him a crack. I reckon what by hand like. when he links up with other Very players. Very good. I don't think he misses. Excellent. I really don't. And I think that's what I'm sympathetic with is that he had a couple – he had more good moments like that than he had bad moments by foot. But everybody sees the bad moments. But everyone sees the bad moments yeah, by foot. I agree. Yep. I agree. So, I, I, as I said, I felt for him. I'd love for him to get another opportunity. I don't think they'll give it to him. Yep. Um, this week, it was a bit of a shame. But like you said, there were some nice moments. There were some frustrating moments uh, for him. Any other chicken shits? Well, the fact that Jordan Boyd has every chance to get three-week suspension. Did <laughs> Let's talk about this. Yeah, that's, not for that's too why long. I'm discussing but it. What? What's he supposed to do? What's his honestly? What's he supposed to do? What? What he? What he didn't do? Like he? He tackled him great because he pinned his arms. But the moment he brings him to ground, how does he his, know when he's let go of the ball? But that's irrelevant. Whether he had gotten rid of the ball or he hadn't gotten rid of the ball, he drove his head into the ground, and the guy had no way to be able to protect himself. So that's why he's getting three weeks. It was funny at halftime when I was having a drink with Brent and a couple of other mates. Um, one of the fellows, Brad, said, do you reckon it's a free Check kick? Check out the Breen's on Brad. <laughs> and I said, I have no problem with the free kick because he made contact with the ground. And as we learnt later on, Darcy Boone-Jones was subbed out of the game with concussion. Um, <laughs> the funniest thing is when they showed he, he the replay. He scored the goal. Yeah, well, the funny thing is when they showed the replay, they showed the tackle on Jeremy Finlayson and you'd go on, he's landed on his ass. How's that a free kick? Without realising, because the ball was at the other end of the ground from where I was. Yeah. 
you, you thought, how was that a free kick? Not that's realizing what, that's what me and Jay were going off. But we yeah, thought that was that's a, what you saw. Yeah, yeah, it was like a tackle around Finlayson's hips. It was like, and you've gone, that, that can't that, be a free that, kick. That's not, what? And then when you saw it was Darcy Bird Jones kicking for goal, you've gone, I think I've missed oh, no, something no, I was here. still outraged. Yeah. And then they showed the replay later and you've gone, oh, okay, I see it now. I see why that's a free kick. I can live with that. But a three-week suspension, to me, is, is, is an overreaction. Yes. And I reckon almost to a man, every single uh, suspension that has been meted out to a Carlton player, we have challenged and won. We're so, not winning this one. I don't think you're winning it, but it, I think there is a means and a way to be able to argue to say that action doesn't warrant three weeks. Because when like when Sicily gets old mate, like he really swings him hard. The Nathan Broad one was a really bad one. I don't think Jordan Boyd's is a really bad one. I have I have no but problem you know, with you him know being the suspension. Way. But I, I if you gave him a week you go, that feels about right. Three weeks seems excessive. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I, I think he's gonna get three at a minimum. Excuse me. I just don't think anyone's <laughs> I don't think anyone thinks that's worth that is legitimately worth three. No, and and in the off season, that, that, I think there are what, a lot of a lot of coaches that are going to be trying to work out what is the correct technique and what are we what are we seeking to be able to do because once upon a time that tackling the opposite wrist so you can't get a handball to the ball it forces the guy to be able to release and drop the ball and hope mm. that he kicks it on the way down. But if you bring that guy down to the ground, he's holding the ball and you've got his arm. There is not that that was what Boyd did, but just in general, there is the risk that the head will make contact with the ground first. And any time you do it at Marvel, when the whole thing's on a big concrete block, there's a great scene in the movie Rush, Tim, where Nicky Loud is talking about racing in the rain, and he says there is an acceptable amount of risk. Yep. Everything we do, there is an acceptable amount of risk. I think, unfortunately, the AFL have tied themselves to what they fear is coming regarding a class action against them and are now just trying to get their house in order now. Yep. Um, and what the result of that, unfortunately, is a lot of the suspensions. The Jordan of the world might get one or two more than they deserve. Well, might get three more than they deserve. Well, there's that too. There's, yeah. you know, guys get hurt, guys do knees, guys end up with bad backs, bad hips, bad ankles playing football. Which, which affect their quality of life. Yep. I'm not dismissive to the concerns around head trauma. I'm absolutely not. But the fact of the matter is, even before they started giving the Jordan Boyds of the world three weeks for tackles like that, the game has never been safer to play. It's probably a fair point. So they're legislating against something that had actually already kind of cleaned up anyway, yep. that you weren't seeing a lot of stuff like that but this year, there's Regardless, been more. There's been more concussions this season than any other season. Yeah, but what's a concussion? Like Darcy Byrne Jones, he, he misses this week. But Darcy Byrne Jones took his kick. Where he looked like he's probably going, oh, like a bit, a bit, a bit sore. Yeah, a bit efficient. Yeah. And yeah but, like, but he wouldn't want to be missing the Collingwood. But game, their trigger he? is, oh, that's it. You're out. You're done. Rather than, geez, you look, he's fine. Oh, we don't know if he's fine though, Tim. We don't I'd know. just love to be a fly on he's the wall because obviously at some point between getting tackled, taking the kick, kicking the goal, going off the ground, going to the rooms, somebody must have gone up to Darcy Byrne-Jones and say and just said to him, um, how's everything going? Going, uh, yeah, I'll have a choc dip with nuts, please. And they've gone, uh, do you know where you are, Darcy Byrne-Jones? Well, and going, I Speculation, <laughs> Tim, struck from the record. But the point I'm making is they're being careful, they're being cautious, which is all good and well. Is That's fine. Yep. They have a duty of care, but there also has to come a time when players recognise there are risks playing AFL football. Correct. That may be long term. Yes. And they don't extend. They extend far beyond your fucking eye line. They go all the way down your body. Correct. How did Dan Houston play? 
Uh, I thought he was I, good. I thought he started very well, and I thought he could actually be a bit of a nuisance today. But I don't think he was forty-one possessions good. That's I. I, I thought he was, in the in the words of my learned friend over here, I thought, you he, thought was he was okay. Okay. And then when I saw he had 41 and scored 175 super coach points, it's like, wow. No more chicken shits? Uh, the only other one that I was just going to add was Kemp's kick. <laughs> he, he hit did he kick it? Did it. he actually it, get... It just con- made contact on the very outside of his Shocking. foot. And you thought it would be hard to kick the ball like that. I agree completely, Tim, but I do agree with that. Oh, it's another Nighty Spanger. Oh. Is this Tal Buckman? It is Tal Buckman. That family's been getting a good run on this pod lately. Who? The Backmans. Backman Turner Overdrive. Don't encourage him. <laughs> She's perfect as she can be. Why should I even bother? Yeah. Uh, what a tune What a tune Tal Barkman If you're going to have a hit Make it a good one Correct uh, If you're only going to have one Make sure it's a good one Timbo Why do we play Tal Barkman? Because Toby Green Got awfully high On that attempted mark Out on the wing In the last quarter Against Adelaide And because the Blues Are back baby Did you say it? No Tim yeah. You're the only person In the country Watching GWS games Well maybe so But uh me and my friends are happy. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sounds um, like a song. What? Me and my friends are happy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good tune. It was a classic 90s tune, Fab. Yep. I liked it. That's all you got to offer? Yeah, no, it's good. That and like, who, who sang uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's? Deep Blue Something. Wow. Yep. <laughs> I was going to do something stupid. What's the something? But yeah, I know. They're called Deep Blue Something. Okay. Well done. I'm glad you didn't. Um, <laughs> what? Oh. So this week, I'm not even going to tempt fate with you two idiots. The SI Mor- uh, Morales Memorial Bustnut Trophy winner for round 18, I think it was, is Nick Newman. I agree. Uh, he was best on ground for me. Yeah. Again, I still. Well, he make... wasn't best on ground. What he, is he with was... you? You, you're, you, you need to get your head in order. You don't get when Sauce is the SI. You just completely underserve him. Then you went through a period last week where you were giving it just like because he had the eyes or something. You had the intangibles. You were giving Sauce SI nods, and then when he'd actually come out and perform, you're like, no. No. Nick Newman was BOG. Mate. He was not BOG. Jack Silvani was BOG. Nick Newman was the SI Morales Memorial Bustanut Trophy winner. There is a distinction. Yeah. And the distinction is I think Nick Newman was the best on ground. And I have no issue giving him the SI Morales Memorial Bustanut Trophy. He was not best on ground. What is wrong with you? A lot wrong with me. Yes. I'm beginning to realise that. So no objections from you, Tim. I actually said post-game that I thought Nick Newman was best on ground as well. He was not best on ground. He was best on ground. Jesus. There was a lot of contributions I appreciated. And his contribution what was I the appre- best, was it? I appreciated what Nick Newman did above everybody else on so the So Jack Silvani kicked four goals, did some obviously second rucking, just fucking fantastic. Four started us, started <laughs> just us some, off. Just some for context, started off magnificently, for got the context, ball rolling. I got there just after Harry did his knee. I didn't see 
Jack Silva oh, so in his first two goals. So that's stricken from the record, is it? I yep. didn't, that mate, ever if happened. I didn't see it, I formed my opinion post-game, not in re-watching it after. Tim, Tim, you're allowed to have the opinion. I'm allowed have. to have this an opinion. This is why I've taken control of the I don't seven. like when you tell me what to do or think. Just the same way as you don't like it when anybody tells the you S. what Morales to do or think. is not the best on ground. I didn't... I was just adding the point. I am yeah, so if that's of the Nick case Newman that the SI is the not the, the best on ground, we can't award it to Nick Newman because we're both telling you that he was best on ground. He was not best on ground. You two are idiots. <laughs> that's why we're moving on. Just extraordinary performance from the pair of you. You've got mail. Uh, someone, Sam's having trouble finding the podcast on Spotify. Just go to the link, Sam. God's going to say, go to the link in our pinned tweet. Done. All right. Have you hit the mailbox yet, or is that just a random? That's from the mailbox. Okay. Um, he's responding to the tweet. While he's doing the segment. Mark, is there anyone else booked a trip to Fiji for week one of the finals and now has regrets? So long as you got a good deal. I'm second and third weeks of finals to Vietnam. Idiot. Correct. Um, Betty. Vietnam? Yeah. What are you doing there? Kokoda? Water skiing. Kokoda in where's, Vietnam. Where's, where is Kokoda? Papua New Guinea. Oh, fuck if I know, mate. I wasn't in the bad. war. That is just as bad as the one we brought up today about Tim and Tel Aviv. Yeah, that's Beirut. Right. That bad. is that's just as bad. I've never been to Kokoda, mate. Oh, you're going to Vietnam to do Kokoda, are you? No, uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, no, I'm Wrong not. Wrong war. Family holiday. Family holiday is the answer to the question, Fabian. In Vietnam. Okay. Yeah. You we've, paying for this one, Tim? Yeah, yeah. We've we've done Thailand a few times. Why wouldn't you pay for it? Uh, Tim's been on many a holiday where he's having he's freeloaded. Oh no, from who? No, no, no. I got a luxury escape voucher from uh, Brent Gleeson. Mm-hmm. What for? Um, well, I helped him out placing a couple of people within their business. So rather than them playing, paying a finder's fee to a talent agent or whatever you want to call it, a recruitment agent, mm-hmm. um, they sort of said, well, for the amount of money that they've saved, they said it would be worthwhile flicking me a couple of grand. So would you have preferred the couple grand? Well, ultimately we were taking a trip overseas, so whether it's two grand in the hand or on the luxury escapes to stay at well, two we grand were, took the, two, two grand took the entire Davis tribe oh, to... Fuck no. <laughs> I was going to say. No, no, we are going anyway, but we were able to use the voucher at uh, the Cape Panwar Hotel. Uh, <laughs> oh, shout out to the Cape Panwar Hotel. Jesus. Jeez, if you, you are what, listening there. If there's there. any deal, Jesus, I'd go back in a heartbeat. It was actually the second time we've Didn't stayed at the Cape Didn't you get a free Panwar. holiday last year, Timbo, or the year before? Yeah, when we went to Thailand, what are you talking about? Yeah, that, that's what I was referring to. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't a free. Well, the whole thing wasn't free. Didn't your sister get like a free ticket and you're like, yeah, fuck it, I'll come? Oh, no, that was like six years ago. And oh. that also, was that a second free holiday that you've forgotten no, about? No, it might be less than six. But a, He's Kath, had so many of them, he can't remember no, all the free junkets. Kath went, was going to go to Bali with a girlfriend, but her girlfriend was pregnant and was having you know, challenges with her pregnancy and ultimately her doctor said, don't fly. Least of all to fucking Thailand yeah, if something goes wrong. Bali, as it turned out. And so Kath said, hey, I've got, I've got a, um, a villa, yeah. like a two-bedroom villa. Um, 
I know, I'm going I know to... Tim, that you have a family and have commitments and have work and whatnot, mm. but would you like to join me on this impromptu getaway? That's exactly right. And Tim said, I'm already in the Speedo. And, well, and, and, and... <laughs> He's never out of the Speedo, let's be honest. <laughs> but... He had a pull-off, like, button-up button uh, suit on at the time. He just ripped it off. <laughs> but, but what is funny, and this was a very Tim Davis response, I said, um, actually, I just got the quaddy on the weekend <laughs> that paid 1300 bucks or something like that, and it's sort of like, you know what? I'll go. Rather so, than treat my family to something nice, I'm going to take I'm going to be selfish. And abscond, and I'm going to leave the country. Yeah, so we, I think we had like four nights in wherever we were. At the Casa Pakanui Resort or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At Fuck It? Is that where you went? We were in Bali. For the third time I was in Bali. I don't know where Phuket is either. <laughs> Shit, it's mate. in Thailand, champ. Aren't they the one and the same? I don't it's care. It's like a whole different country. Good on them. I'm making a note about your Vietnam. You know, Bar- Bali comment. is in Indonesia. Good on them. <laughs> yeah, I'm making a note about <laughs> That's not. Jesus Christ. Uh, SD Benny, have you watched the new Mission Impossible? I have. Actually. What did we think? So I put the tweet out, and this is how I can nicely, succinctly wrap up my feelings. I think that the first Mission Impossible film is pretty good. It's. Uh, violently 90s, to use the phrase that we had for uh, that Republica song. Yes. But it's still quite good. The second one is not good. Just John Woo, it's just bad. It's real bad. And maybe it's too close to home because it's shot in Sydney and there's like land cruisers and old falcons and stuff in it. It's just real odd, but not very good. The third one is excellent. The fourth one is probably not – I don't think the fourth one's quite as good, but it's still very good. The fifth one is excellent – and then the sixth one is just brilliant. So, and so this is seven. This is the seventh one. Which one's Ghost Protocol? Fourth one. And what you've got there, I think it runs out of steam a little bit. I think it's going at a very, very, very good pace. And then once you clear the Burj Khalifa sequence, it sort of just, just tapers off just a little bit. But the point I'm making is three, four, five, and six have established the Mission Impossible series as the benchmark. They've eclipsed James Bond. They've eclipsed Jason Bourne. They are the benchmark in this globe-trotting espionage genre. Okay, because I like those movies, but I've never, I've beyond MI One, I've largely not watched them. You need to watch them because they're excellent. Okay, and the point is, when you're grading against that curve, decent is actually disappointing. Yeah, gotcha. Because all the other ones, are, and it's still good. It's still good. It's still a good film. So it was better than decent. I think my rec- my reckoning, dead reckoning, my reckoning leaving the cinema was, that was fine, that was good, didn't mind it. Yep. Not as good as the other ones that have come to this point. S.I. Morales is in it, of course. He plays Gabriel, the yes. film's Does he? sort of antagonist. He looks like a Latin guy, Pierce, in it. A little bit, yeah. And you're kind of like, you... And I think it's it was just getting a bit... It's just gotten to the stage now where it's it's going through this weird phase where it's kind of inadvertently some of the worst aspects of like campy Bond. There are a couple mm. of moments in it that were just a little bit too fanciful for a series that had always been a bit silly but had been grounded at the same time. And I did, again, using that word, sympathise with it somewhat because I think that it was compromised and hamstrung by COVID. There are sequences in Rome. There's a car sequence in Rome, which is fine, but, like, the streets of Rome are fucking dead. Yeah. And you're like... Uh, That's not the Rome, I know. They're, they're at, the, like, at the base of the Colosseum and it's, like, it's dead. Have you seen you're like, the nah. rant that's made its way on social media? It's the Tom Cruise one. Yeah. About when they were shooting through COVID and they'd gotten all this special dispensation to shoot and some of the staff were maybe being a bit fast and loose. Is that with the mask wearing? Yeah. 
So they were basically only allowed to shoot and they were under pretty strict COVID protocols and effectively if the film gets shut down, that's not good yeah. once it's in motion. But, yeah, like I said, I think there are a few elements of it that are really, really affected and impinged by COVID and some of them they work their way around with a really inventive, really fun train sequence late in the film which can clearly be shot on a soundstage and some of them they work with that well and then there are other scenes where you're like, oh, you've had to compromise here. Yep. This isn't as big as maybe the film kind of wants it to be, needs it to be, and these films have been. It's still well, a good movie. That's the point when you say the film needs it to it's be It's still big. a good movie. Still a good movie. I just didn't think it was necessarily as good as the other ones that have come before it. Fair enough. David Redbear, weight of expectations killed us last year. Are you confident we can overcome our demons? Time will tell. No is the answer in the confidence question. Time will tell. But... <laughs> I think as a collective, and I don't want to speak for you too. Good. We we found a way after playing really a poor brand of football, and the reliance it was a, it was a little bit like watch Liam Liam Jones play. Like Liam Jones had worked it out in the same way in the year that Jordan Russell played played well. He worked it out, and he Did played he come a, top three in our BNF that year. Jordan he Russell second in our best and fairest that year. And it was just Jesus. Did that fall away? I didn't, well, I didn't mind him. Well, he's just when he was fit, he could play. When he wasn't fit, he couldn't. But just you, stopping there. Two thousand and eight, maybe. I'm trying to get the year right. Jordan Russell played a game at half forward against the Bulldogs. I think he might have been swung forward. We had, might have had an injury or something. Simon Wiggins might have played well that day, but um, maybe later than that again. But he went forward, and. I would have been later again. I'm thinking of the wrong game. But Russell went to a half-forward flank and you sort of went, looks all right. Yeah. He looks all right here and never played there ever again. Ever again. Well, my point was... Who was our coach? Rats at that stage. The point was when these guys found form, it was like, I don't trust that these guys are a bona fide footballer, but every time I'm rocking up to the game, they're flicking the switch and they're doing what's worked and they continue to doing it. To be doing, doing it, it. Yep. and every year, you know, Liam Jones had come back, and you're going, "Did he just have a purple patch? Is he going to be back to the old Liam Jones?" And as we saw this year, when he played, I, th- I think he just found what worked. I feel like that's what's happened at Carlton. We found what's worked, but can we forever flick the switch mm. and it's all go? And the pressure that's working for us now is it going to be there when we need it to be? And that's that's the million dollar question. It's my fear is it won't be when we need it the most. But I desperately hope, I desperately hope as a minimum, and I've said it before, even if this season is a write-off, if we found our mojo and what works for us and we train it all the time and we farm it and we grow it and we build on it, then 2023 will never be a failure because it might have put us on the path to where we need to be to be the best brand of ourselves. Does that answer a question? Yeah, that's fine. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I, I, I... The Teague strain, uh, genuinely interested to hear how hope levels are from the crew. Is belief creeping in or are we still understand, understandably sceptical for the season? I think I, I think I just said that. Sceptical-ish. Sceptical-ish. We need to see it again against yeah. a better opponent to keep, believe in it. Just keep repeating it. Show uh, me the money. Rinse. Repeat. C-Tips has said... Do we chase Grundy this off-season, assuming Tom DeConning leaves? The answer to that is fucking yes. Yeah, you do. You do. Do you chase him if Tom DeConning doesn't leave? 
I think we maybe move Tom DeConning if that's the case. Yeah, I don't disagree. If Tom DeConning wants to be there, I think we owe it to him to continue help him, helping him to develop. But if we can't have or we shouldn't have Pitnet, DeConning and Grundy on, on the list all at the same time, and if, I know who I'd get rid of. if there was a chance... No, Pitto could win the list. Is that a fact? Yes, yeah. If we get Grundy, yeah, yeah. this is pure speculation. But if we get Grundy, Pitnet's not playing. Well, when Pitnet came to the club, I always thought he was always there as a backup ruckman yep. um, if ever required. Now, he's he signed... was needed eight minutes into the season when Matty Cruiser yeah. broke his foot. As if, if he... If he's, he signed a four-year deal. We don't know on what sort of coin he's on. If it's ended up being he's on a fair bit less, but he's got the longevity and all that sort of stuff, it might actually be a really, really good deal. But if it's a deal expecting that he is going to be the long-term number one ruckman for the football club, we might have gone too early. 100%. Salvo, what on earth was Voss thinking for the first eight weeks and why are the stick-fat crowd using his recent success as an I-told-you-so when it's now even more obvious that the first eight weeks were a disaster. Well said, Selvo. 100%. Because people see what they want to see. They want to have their face it's rewarded the, and they, the they want to, to have the a feeling of they were right and I told you so, as you yep. just pointed out, when in actuality what we were serving up was... Well, in actuality, you've told me nothing. What, what we were serving up was unacceptable. It was yep. horrendous. Um, are we slightly nervous? Voss sees a key position player go down and completely flips the game plan like when Wiedering went down last year? No, because we can probably still preserve the structure. Okay, I like that. Feel free to chime in, Fab, whenever you're comfortable doing oh, so. When I've got something to chime in, I'll, I'll try. Who's been our most important player over these past four weeks? Who's made the biggest impact that we were missing from earlier in the season? That's from Leonard Puglia. Blake Akers. No, Lockie Jack. Fogarty, Jack Martin. <laughs> well, yeah. You've gone early on Fogarty. Jack Martin. I can see. Cunners has had a bigger impact than all of them yeah. in terms of allowing oh, Jack us to play. Been, but, but Cunningham hasn't put as much forward pressure on. He's been there to be the link between midfield and forward. And, and they've all been mm. as equally as important. And as I can't, you can't also give Martin the four weeks because Martin's first couple of weeks, he he was playing quarters at a time. Yeah, and he was being sub, about, subbed uh, out at three-quarter time for Dow to come on. What about Wiedering? Yeah, his, yeah he, his... His return to form has not been um, – and, and our return to form as a team, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. No. What about Jack Silvani? Uh, not over the four weeks. No, please. I, I think he's been okay. Please, I, think, I think Mitch McGovern in the four weeks has been good, and I think Brody Kemp playing Silvani's been reliable, enormous. consistent football has been a big part of it as well. Silvani's been absolutely enormous. Um, Walshy and Sticks has got a good run for us. Is Mitch McGavin – our Lando Calrissian is changed from a get-rich-quick schemer to a selfless teammate. Maybe. I like that. He's had the face turn. Yes. He's made his money. I, I was most – when I go to the footy, I, I I can wear a variety of different masks, but I do love sticking it up the opposition every now and again. And no one needs to tell us that you love that, Tim. And I didn't take the opportunity, but very early in the game when Mitch – Flew for a mark and was outmarked, maybe by Ollie Lord. Um, some peanut Port Adelaide supporter who was very, very confident and kind of thought on the back of thirteen in a row they'll just win. Got stuck in the <laughs> got stuck into Mitch McGovern and said, "Oh, is that it? What eight hundred thousand uh, dollars 
you know, gives you or, or pays for. And then when he did a couple of his best bits, I thought, I'm not going too early because I'm not certain we're going to win this game, but I should have given it to that bloke right there and then and said that's exactly well, what Well, he'd be listening and he'd know exactly what you're talking support about. Adelaide supporter. Um, <laughs> we talked about them earlier. Daniel Stocker was one for Fabaganaush. Have you found any grappa to make his limoncello? Uh, not yet. He says he knows a guy, Cash. Cash. Well, DM. That's a surprise. <laughs> Um, Baffled has asked, Tim, did you back Canadian ruler on the nose or each way? On the nose, Cash. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. John Connell, are we still unhappy? We didn't go with Ross the boss. Now, John, St Kilda currently sit above us on the ladder and have done for most of the year. And are sliding with... uh... But despite having inferior personnel and lest we forget, having pulled our pants down when we played earlier in the year. So how about we wait... Until we play them until again. Until we can actually maybe beat them. You've taken that uh, mailbox as a, a backhander, a no, personal I backhander. No, in general, everyone's, going, everyone's talking about the Saints and you're like, they're still above us and we're still going to beat them and we've shown no likelihood of really seriously having them in our back pockets for quite some time now. So until that changes and we are able to do that. The, the luster of Ross Lyon has... Faded He's coaching a bunch last... of scrubs, Tim. No, I, I Absolute don't, I fucking do, scrubs. I do not disagree with you, but... Would he be ringing more about... Uh, on the whole, would he be getting more out of us than Voss has? Maybe. It's not a maybe. We're behind the Giants, Tim. Giants said, flying. At the start of the don't, year... Don't go At the Timbo's start of the Giants. year, if you had a said at the... What are we? Round 18, the Giants will be half a game ahead of Carlton. You'd be going... Fucking, they're fucking having an unbelievable year. They haven't lost yet. <laughs> no, but you'd, you'd be saying something like, geez, they're fucking, where are they then? Yeah. yeah. So, no yeah, disrespect, no, that's just where they are. Yeah. And Kingers, I'm not saying Kingers isn't coaching well, because he is, he's coaching brilliantly. But the, but the reality is, Ross has been, and he's proven this, and he probably still is, a better coach than Michael Voss. I don't think he would have made the crippling miscalculation that Voss and his coaching crew made over the preseason in the first half of the year which just put a noose around our neck for nine weeks. Playing devil's advocate, but would we be playing when we're up and about this type of football under Ross? Under Ross line. See, I reckon he gets, he gets pilloried with that a fair bit. He went defensive oh, for, for, and low... For, for good reason. He went defensive and lowish scoring in the really big matches that you need to be defensively sound. That's fine. But he also didn't really have... If you look back at what he had key post-wise, he had Nick Rewalt who was never really like an absolute out-and-out reliable was goal kicker. board heavy, no. But great player. And who do you have in defence, like honestly? He had Goose Maguire and he had uh, Luke Penny at one point in time. Who? Exactly, Tip. Oh, I thought I so reckon the, they could both play. But so yeah. the idea Max that... Max Hudgeton? Uh, the, other, <laughs> the other bloke? Uh, the big so, Paul Drinkerwater? So good we can't remember Zach his name. Zach Dawson? Exactly my point. What we've got is better than what he's had at any of those stages. Yep. And what he got out of those teams was a fucking miracle. He got a team with Tommy Sheridan to the grand final. Did Tommy Sheridan really play in the grand final? But I'm just saying, like you, you look was at Tommy guys. Sheridan at Frio. Yeah. He had the horror moment against Hawthorne. Cyril. Uh, yeah. um, no, but the point, and that was the one they lost the prelim. But the point I'm making is this idea that Ross isn't any good, Ross can't coach. What Ross is ringing out of that Saints team... They are above us on the ladder, it bears mentioning again, through this point in time, having accounted for us frustratingly easily. He had our number. 
It is possible that St Kilda won't win another game for the I rest don't, of the year. I, I don't disagree. But this idea that that's his fault, given the cattle he has, mm. is just ridiculous. I think he's a better coach than Michael Voss. I think we'd be better placed with him. That's just what I think. You oh, ask the enough. question, you get the fair answer. Enough. Fair enough. Um, Mark has said, finally, did Fabian actually get it right? And are we winning the flag this year? Will the great man double down? We're winning the flag. Ah! <laughs> Never lost faith. Ever. Okay. And then actually lastly, Lenjet, Matty. A couple of goals there from Sauce were complemented with some arm up motioning in the coach's box direction. Do you reckon there was a bit of get fucked or fucked you given his situation? Every chance. Yeah. I don't think it was pointed to the coach's box. I think he was just just happy. I'd just like, happy. I'd like, I like a little bit of spice as much as the next guy, but I don't know. I can't uh, – I mean, no position to comment on that. Um, wasn't sort of paying super close attention to it. Um, what's the last bit we've got? Canadian Ruler Watch. We're not doing Canadian Ruler Watch. It's been spelled. It's not coming out. back at the end of spring. Okay. Keep us updated if you want. I just did. Um – Johnny Rainclouds, has anyone got one? I do. Mine's about a week and a half old. Okay. Only because I didn't get to do one last week. That is true. Uh, I, was dri- I was driving down Hoddle Street and I was distracted by a driver driving a Mercedes in a car behind – driving a Mercedes behind me and the driver had a dog sitting in the front seat and any time the car stopped – the dog would go over and sort of lick the driver's face, but like, like not just a quick lick. It was it looked like it was almost consuming this driver's face entirely. And I couldn't help but think, that's a little unsafe. What about a little bit unclean as well? That too. It was not. It dog was, owners are weird, though, Tim. Well, dog as, as you general. say, there are dog owners, and then there are dog owners. It's just weird, like licking my face. You're going to get away. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't do that. Well, as I explained to my kids, whenever they let the dog lick their say, face, when they lick said, <laughs> as I explained to any of my kids when they lick, lick my, my face. face. <laughs> so the dog does eat his own shit. So uh, if you want, your him, dog eats its own shit. Does your yours doesn't? No. You're kidding me. The fuck's wrong with you, Tim? No, you're my not, dog no, doesn't in, eat its own shit. In fairness, you're not home very much. <laughs> so I've got the uh, maybe you're just not seeing it. I've got the uh, the cameras set up. What you just got it playing on a in the office live? I talk to her every now and then. I'll go. I'll, well, I'll, well I'll, I'll go live and I go, whoopies. <laughs> she comes to the camera. Can you do it now? <laughs> no, because the kids are home. She won't come out. She's inside. Do you want to try? Can you see if you get Kelly's attention? No, the cameras are outside. Yeah, which Kelly might hear it still. Kelly's going to hear the camera outside. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you guys are idiots. Can you do it? Can you do it and see see if Kel like just go? Kel, can you hear me? You're on pod. This is Fabian. This is God. <laughs> take out the rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Fabian wants you to take out the trash. Uh, so we'll go. We'll go side. Take camera. out the papers in the trash, or you won't get no spending cash. Can you say that? <laughs> Yakety yak. Don't talk back. <laughs> Can that be your message? Take out the papers and the trash. To Kelly, take out the papers and the trash or you, you won't get, get no spending cash. cash. And when you finish off. doing that, something, something, take out the trash. What's happening here? You're far, they're far they're unavailable. Maybe what do you mean? Yak, don't so maybe I don't have my Wi-Fi on. Oh, sorry. I've got, I've got bad reception. 
because your phone's in the area, Sean. Yeah, it's my phone. My phone's got perfect reception. Um, I'm gonna, Anybody else got a Johnny Rainclad? I do have a Johnny Rainclad. So my Johnny Rainclad, I went and saw Mission Impossible the other night, Friday night, and obviously with the new job, I can't do what I usually like to do, and that is to see the movie in the day. And I've realised why I hate seeing films at night. Because? Idiots in the cinema. Yes. Idiots. What, what are these people doing that is irritating you? So the particular um, offenders on this occasion were a couple of teenagers, a couple of horny, horny teenagers. Riff raff. And um, they just spent the whole fucking – they left about two th- – or maybe halfway into the movie, but to that point – if they weren't on their phones, they were getting up and walking around back and back between. They were in two separate seats separated by about – do you know what the, the Hoyts at the top? In the middle row, they had two seats on the end and then there's the gap and then they had another row of five, I think. So two of them were in the two seats on the end and then two more of them were over the gap in the additional seats. They spent the whole thing just walking back and forth amongst each other, like having conversations. At one point, they were just having a conversation during the movie. And I'm thinking, if there wasn't four of them, I'd no, no, take but, them but in to general, task. but in general, you just sort of go and it's disrespectful. If you wanted to just have a fucking conversation with your mates, just go sit in the food court. Go all the night. food court, yeah, or go sit somewhere else. I, I like, like if you've paid fifteen dollars at least yeah. each to come and see this film, you're not paying any attention to it whatsoever, and that's your prerogative. That's fine. You've got other people in the cinema who are being affected by your behaviour, but it's like if you just wanted to, like canoodle with your fucking on and off girlfriend all night or just have a conversation with your mate, why have you paid 15 bucks to come and see a movie? $15 minimum, probably more. Just go out, fucking sit in the food court, sit upstairs in the car. I don't care where you go. But just, why? Just don't annoy me. But why don't you, ruin my mood. Just, but why are you doing this in the middle of the screening? Because they're dumbasses. And it's like you're sort of going, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like you have so little awareness that – it's not even – it's actually – it's a twofold thing, con- lack of consideration for everyone else. Yep. But just common sense on your own part. I blame COVID. I could be doing – we could be what? doing – we could be having You blame ex- COVID for the stupidity of the – We could be having this exact same experience anywhere else in the shopping centre. Yep. Why would we pay to come and do it here? Yep. They've been taken out of so- society, Fabian, and now that they've been returned to it, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to act. Pack of idiots. They're a pack of idiots. How's uh, the youth? How's your link going? Youth. No, it's not not available. The camera could be dead. Could be the internet's gone at home. I don't know. Sounds pretty unreliable. Maybe the dog ate it. I just got a message from uh, Adriano. From who? Adriano. Salerno. Former Inter Milan striker. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, the camera's not working. Sorry. <coughs> Did Adrian tell you that? I'll um, I'll set up around your house. <laughs> the camera's not working. <laughs> camera's not working. Because what are you doing there? No, can't get the camera working. You don't Sorry. have a Johnny Raincloud, do you? Johnny Raincloud. I had a Johnny Raincloud. Have I mentioned it? I don't. Know. It probably the no. It was. I was wanted to bring up the whole Boyd and what else can you do? But. So it was a Carlton-related Johnny Raincloud. When Johnny Raincloud, all right, I've got another Johnny Raincloud. Why all my Johnny Raincloud's incorrect? Airline travel-related. <coughs> you don't go on lots of flights. It's a bit weird. Virgin Australia have changed the time for our flight in a couple of weeks. On seriously, 
six occasions. Wow. Six. And is it moved by like 15 minutes at a time and Three then gone back? Three hours. Yeah. Collectively it's or It's gone between – no, actually more. It's gone between 6 a.m. and like 11 a.m. departure time. And where are you going and with who and why? Port Douglas because I want to. <laughs> and what was the other question? Why? With who? What, uh, was, with the, who? what was the resort you went to, Tim? Maybe. Cape Panwa Hotel. He's going to the Cape Panwa Hotel. <laughs> in, and, uh, he wants the, Indonesia, he wants, Thailand, he wants Malaysia, the, or he's Port gonna, Douglas. He's going to do the Kokoda Trail from his <laughs> from his base. From his base. I am going. I'm going with in the Wolfman. Hanoi. He's going to do Wolfman. Yeah, the Wolfer Simon, my cousin. Miniti. No, other one. He's going to go to the Cape Panwa and he's going to request the same room and bed linen that was used by Tim Davis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Tim Davis. Oh, Tim Davis, a very hairy man. <laughs> Took two weeks. I still are cleaning out. Shut <laughs> chin. <laughs> oh, no, we're done again. Oh, shit. I sort of thought halfway through. We're Jen's doing... uh, Brisbane and Ryan are going very well. <laughs> we're doing the chin again. I deleted all the episodes with chin in them. <laughs> Please tell me you backed them up, though. Absolutely not. I'd want no record they of them. They were hilarious. <laughs> it was about Louis Taylor's socks. <laughs> Don't do it. I might have to mute you. <sighs> Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. I've muted you. Oh, we've got a bit more of a following now. <sighs> that one guy cracked the shits when we were doing Tony. <laughs> like yeah, that. He thought we were being racist to my own father. We've <laughs> <laughs> been racist to Fabian's own father. Quite extraordinary stuff. Um, that sort of brings us to an end. What are we thinking? Are we happy with that? I'm happy with it. Yeah, no, all good. All right. Happy days. Happy days are here again. All right, that brings us to the end. Excellent stuff for Tim Davis. Always a pleasure, Sean. It was always a pleasure for Fabaganoush. Arrivederci ragazzi. Printed DJ this week, of course. Pretty straightforward one, this one. But if you get it, let us know via uh, Twitter, isn't it? The hashtag printer DJ. We'll see you all, all next right. week. Partner. Keep on oh, loving, baby. <laughs> you like this one? You know what time it is. <laughs>
the game set So don't complain yet 24-7 Never begging for a rain check Old school soldiers Passing out the hot shit That rock shit Putting bounce in the mosh pit I hope the listeners like that. I left your mic on during it. <laughs> I don't think I sung that out loud. A little bit. Did I? We got you a little bit. Oh, good song. Glimping with the Biscuit off the Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavoured Water album. Very good. good Early 2000s. Love it. <laughs> 